Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to listen to the incomparable Win Twice Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Scott and Holly. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be entertained. Following the runaway success of WrestleMania on closed circuit TV, it didn't take long before Vince McMahon and the WWF set the wheels in motion for the 1986 edition of the event to also be made available on pay-per-view television. With the announcement of WrestleMania 2 being made in November of 1985, the WWF cemented the status for what was originally a one-off showcase event as now being an annual pay-per-view for the company going forward. What lessons had been learned from Wrestlemania? Primarily, that the Rock and Wrestling connection had proven fruitful. Cindy Lauper's involvement in the inaugural Wrestlemania and the endorsement from the burgeoning MTV had worked exactly as the WWF had envisioned and resulted in an influx of new eyes to the product. With the likes of Mr. T, Muhammad Ali, Liberace and Billy Martin all playing prominent roles at the show, it should come as no surprise that celebrity appearances would continue as WrestleMania 2 emerged upon the horizon. Not only would the fast-talking, mohawk-blinking Mr. T return for WrestleMania 2, he would once again be competing in a main event, although under slightly more unusual circumstances than that of his squared circle debut. Madison Square Garden had been the logical choice for the first ever WrestleMania, Set deep in the heart of the WWF's original home territory, where their fan base was the strongest, it gave the promotion every chance of making the show a success. However, as 1985 rolled on, there was much debate as to where the sophomoric iteration of the event should be held. In Vince McMahon's world, bigger means better, and in spite of the challenges that it would present, WrestleMania would be held in not one, but three separate arenas spread across the country. The Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon in the Chicago suburb of Rosemont, Illinois, and the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California were picked as the venues of choice. Each of the three would host a four-match card on the night, and when there was no action in the ring before them, the big screen in the arenas would broadcast the events as they unfolded elsewhere. This presented the WWF with a logistical nightmare to manage given the linking of multiple live feeds and different time zones to accommodate. The production team would need to be on the top of their game to ensure the event went off without a hitch and with Vince McMahon to answer to, should things go wrong, the overwhelming pressure to succeed was immense for all involved. With three sets of four match cards, each location required a headline act to ensure the fans still got their money's worth. New York would witness Rowdy Roddy Piper take on Mr. T in a pseudo-boxing match. On the West Coast, California would see the immortal Hulk Hogan defend his WWF title against King Kong Bundy inside a steel cage. But perhaps the most intriguing match of the night would take place in the Windy City. Having won the 1985 Super Bowl, the Chicago Bears were a hot commodity, and to capitalise on this, the Federation successfully negotiated for William the Refrigerator Perry and other notable NFL stars to compete in a special attraction battle royal that would put the athletes of the gridiron against the athletes of pro wrestling. Whilst the action on the night may not have left the most welcoming taste in the fans' mouths, the event pocketed the WWF over $5 million from pay-per-view sales alone, making WrestleMania 2 
another success in the growing McMahon empire. Hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Win Twice Wrestling Podcast. We are now on episode 12 and wow. you are listening alongside your hosts Scott and Holly. Hello. I didn't go co-host this time, I just went straight for host. Oh, you, can, you can tell I went out last night, can't <laughs> yeah. you? Not quite in the right headspace <laughs> for this. Not so fresh. Yeah, but we are back on our march through the manias and Yay. obviously having done WrestleMania 1, mm-hmm. which you said was an alright show. Yeah, it was. We come to WrestleMania 2, which is a little bit of a different animal, I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say. Yep. So, where in WrestleMania 1, there are a few moments that you remember in terms of seeing stills or short clips of the yeah. WWE have put in various yes. promo packages over the years. Mm-hmm. Without giving too much away from what we're about to analyse, yeah. were there any moments in this <laughs> show that you have any recollection of seeing at some point in your wrestling journey? No. Not a single None. one. <laughs> None. <laughs> I'm trying to think if the, I can counter-argue that. I think there's certainly less than WrestleMania mm-hmm. 1, but I would say there is a couple, but I might be conflating my memories from WrestleMania 1. So okay. in WrestleMania 1, we had Roddy Piper and Mr. T go head-to-head. Yes. Obviously, WrestleMania 2, we have a different version of that, but they do mm-hmm. go head-to-head briefly again. So I don't know if my memory yeah. is making me think that WrestleMania 2 stands know. out, but I don't think so. And I've definitely seen a couple of, before I ever watched WrestleMania 2, a couple of images of Hulk Hogan, I think, standing on top of the cage, pointing down at King Kong Bundy. So I think they're the two memories that I would take away from this. And as you will have all heard in the monologue, which again is a theme that we're trying to keep, or I'm trying to keep going on the WrestleMania episode specifically, WrestleMania 2 was very different. So as much of a success as WrestleMania 1 was, which it very much was... yeah. Otherwise, I mean, let's be fair, we probably wouldn't be doing this now ourselves. WrestleMania 2, they wanted to go for three different locations. Mm. And I don't understand why, as Vince McMahon and the WWF, you would want to overextend yourself so far with that type of reach. Why would you not think, okay, we know we can do this in one arena. Let's just keep that train going, just pick one arena. Mm -hmm. What do you think was going through Vince's head. I don't know. It's odd because, weirdly, the concept of it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then watching it, I was like, this is stupid. And also, if I was there, I mean, could you imagine? I'd be freaking livid watching half a show and then having to watch it on a screen. Especially the way that the matches kind of went because every card... Uh, in the three arenas had at least one horseshit match Mm -hmm. and some of them had more than one Mm -hmm. so you're there and I understand from the things I've read about the how it was received after the event a lot of people were like it wasn't good I mean I suppose the only way to know these things is to do it you don't know until you try but I'm just glad they tried but I feel honest because now it's not a thing. True, but I feel like they went in... They kind of went with the attitude of, well, in, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. But I... Maybe this is like, if I put my conspiracy theory hat oh, on... okay. They tried to do something so... Like, they just went, right, how far can we push that? Yeah. And make sure it still works, just to test themselves, rather than thinking, actually, do you know what, this What's is a good idea. What's going to be good idea. for the fans, it's just... Because it was the fans that really took the hit on this. Because if you're watching it from home... Yeah. Or if you're watching it in one of the 
venues that they've booked out to sell tickets to it, yeah. you've probably had a fairly okay experience. I mean, the quality of the matches aside, mm. you're not really noticing anything different, same as us watching this in yeah. hindsight. But to be at an arena yeah. to watch an hour of wrestling in person to then see another two hours on screen... yeah. Especially if you're if you're in California, it might not be too bad because it's being built up to finish with you. Oh right. Whereas see, if you're yeah. in New York, you're watching the first hour, yeah, and then you just sat there for two hours. True. If you're in Chicago, it's even more. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Which still you're did the because yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You've got the first hour where you're watching it on the screen. Yeah. Then you, then another hour afterwards. I feel like the logistics of it. Obviously, some thought went into yeah. it, but I don't know how well planned out it was. I'd like to know if there was anyone in Vince's ear saying. Don't do don't this, do this yeah. or if he was just allowed to. I, I would kind of assume so because it's not happened again, has it? No, no, it, very much. They haven't even done like two yeah. arenas. They've just done the the one. They've had to make last minute decisions on venue locations. Right. Um, so WrestleMania Seven, I want to say, was supposed to be held in a outdoor stadium. Okay. Um, but there were issues, so they. I'll go into the story of that a little bit more, but they okay. had to basically downscale right. and do a much smaller venue than what they were originally planning on doing. I think they were going for the LA Coliseum, which seats about 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's not what it ended up. But um, you're cer- certainly right, they've never done yeah. multiple venues like this. Now they're probably doing a much better job of it, to yeah. be fair. With and technology quality. is so much so much more advanced these days that it probably would work a lot better. Yeah, I mean, we see, we see in this show alone that they've got certain moments where... They're waiting for cues oh to God, happen. Yeah. People are slightly behind. Talking over each other, talking over the end of matches. Yep. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily bad because the matches. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, again, pulling back the, the old creative curtain, mm. I was talking to Holly about this show, and the only WrestleMania that I gave her forewarning on for being, in my memory, pretty bad was WrestleMania 4. I can't I've, wait to get there. I forgot. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest now. I don't think WrestleMania yeah. 4 is as much of an issue as oh, I thought it God was. Because this has moments where it's every bit as bad. Mm-hmm. Every bit as bad. The okay. issue with WrestleMania 4 is that, again, from memory, it doesn't have a high point. Okay. So it's just relentless mm-hmm. mediocrity. Oh, good. To less than, whereas at least this, there are a couple moments which yeah. I actually did enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So... Let's go into the the usual fanfare of this. Yep. So we see WrestleMania 2 on the 7th of April 1986. And again, in the new to us, I have to list off three venues that oh, it took yeah. place in. We've got the Nassau Veterans Co- Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois. Although they kept wanting to say Chicago. But uh, it is, it's not Chicago. It's near Chicago. It's like uh-huh. a suburb area, but isn't. And then we've got the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. I don't know the individual attendance, I could have looked it up, but I know the combined attendance <laughs> yeah. was 40,085 people. Between three venues? Yeah. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound that great, but if you think no. about, like, so what, the O2 Arena where we go, what's yeah. that? 15,000? Oh, really? Okay. I think so, it kind of puts it in perspective. Fair enough, yeah. But, but, with mm-hmm. that being said, I know that when we get to the Los Angeles portion of the show specifically, even fairly close to ringside, you can see quite a lot of empty seats. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that is the legitimate number. I couldn't say. I'm going based on what I saw on yeah. the internet. Oh yeah. So, as much like with Mania One, we see the eighties tastic music intro mm-hmm. introduction, which shows us WrestleMania Two, and it says what the world has come to. 
I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. Oh, okay. Only because what the world has come to see, great, really positive. Or, oh, good God, what has the world come to? <laughs> Having seen the show, I know which one I'm leaning oh, okay. towards. But that doesn't sound... It's like, you know how we were talking in WrestleMania 1, Gorilla Monsoon missing out words. Yes. When he was describing things. Yeah. It feels like they've missed something here. What the world has come to. Yeah. What the world has come to see, surely. I, yeah, it's a bit odd. I don't know, it leaves it a little bit too open for me. And then we see the graphic of the number two is zoomed in upon and goes on its side, and we see three stills of the host cities. Yep. Fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it. It's very much of the era. Oh, of course it is. So, again, I was okay with it. So we see New York as being the first focus, and we're introduced to Vince McMahon. It's so dumb, and I know it's dumb. It took me a while to work out it was him. Why? Because A, I wasn't paying attention. No grey hair. And B, I was like, he's so he's a child. I, I think he would have been in he his He definitely 40s. obviously wasn't, but he just looked to yeah. me very different. And also, like, I don't know, was he as pumped with substance by that point? Yeah. Like, was he? So I, I suppose think he had a fancy old suit on, so you wouldn't, I wouldn't have seen. So Vince started getting into the steroid game, I think, when... Oh, no, so it might not have been yet. So he might, have, to be fair, yeah. he might still have been potentially on something. But I think the time he admitted to getting involved in steroids uh-huh. was on the set of uh, the film that Hulk Hogan was in with Zeus. Okay. And I've completely forgotten the name of the film, and it'll come to me later okay. on. It's really He awful. just didn't look as... Not that that's how I would have identified him, but he doesn't look like the Vince McMahon I Yeah, I think he obviously was still working Jeremy. out. So I don't think he looks scrawny by oh, any no. stretch of the imagination, but he doesn't look he as beefy. very young. Yeah. I mean, well, as like I said, he, he was in his, his 40s, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really can't remember the name of that film and I'm going to kick Aww. myself later. But yeah, that's when he started okay. getting into steroids. So that was, I want to say, 87, 88. So it's before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or oh, sorry, this was before yeah. that cool. incident. Okay. So Vince welcomes everyone to the greatest sports en- entertainment extravaganza. 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 I'm going to have to do this whole sentence again because I don't like how I did that. Vince welcomes everyone to the greatest sports entertainment extravaganza of all time. It's because I've got entertainment extravaganza next to each yeah. other, and it's throwing me off, which feels slightly different in tone to how uh, Gorilla Monsoon was doing it uh, for, for his one when he was missing out all the words. Yeah. Vince kind of nails it first time, good for him, better than I did reading this back. <laughs> and then Vince introduces us to his colour commentator of the night, Susan St. James. Yeah. First question, did Vince smash? What? You, did Vince smash? What do you mean? Do you think Vince smashed? What, her? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I assume Just, so. Well, okay. So, the reason why no. I asked that, because I thought, who the hell's Susan St. James? Yeah. So, this might be something that American viewers are more familiar with her okay. work. Or maybe it's a certain age demographic. So, right. I did a little bit of research to find Ooh, out exactly who she was. Google I did some Google to Lovely. see some Michael Google to find out exactly uh, who she was. So, basically, Susan St. James was an actress from the sitcom Kate and Ally. I haven't heard of the nope. sitcom Kate and Ally. Before our time, I assume. Yeah, I think so. More importantly, she was married to Dick Ebersole. So, Dick oh, Ebersole... I meant to know that is. Well, no, but this is where I'm going to enlighten you. So, okay. a little bit of story time. So, Dick Ebersole was um, one of the high-ups at NBC. He might have even been the okay. owner, which is a nationally broadcasted yep. channel in the States. And... He's uh, basically the guy, I think, behind uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, so the, okay. the SNL, comedy, yeah. yeah, SNL, exactly. Um, when they were having off-season, I think they wanted to get some entertainment product in place. 
and seeing how well the WWF did with a couple of one-off specials that they had. Mm. So before WrestleMania, so they had the war to settle the score, and I can't remember the name of the other show they had. Obviously, then WrestleMania took off. NBC and Dick Ebersole created a relationship with Vince McMahon, and they came out with Saturday Night's main event, which was put on nationally broadcast okay. television, and Vince and Dick Ebersole had a very good relationship. Right. She was married to Dick Ebersole. I see. I see how it ties in okay, and how sense. she ended up. Yeah. And Saturday Night's main event has had the record viewership for any wrestling show ever. And it was between Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan on mm. one of their shows. And I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was well over 20 million people oh, wow. watched that edition. And when you compare that now yeah, with Raw numbers, mm -hmm. even. So I think Raw's struggling for 2 million. Yeah. these days so this was 10 times wow that amount and you think still wrestling even though it's not seen as as popular back then in terms of not as many people watch it it's still very popular mm -hmm. it's just tv isn't what it used to be yeah. in terms of viewership so that is a little introduction into susan st james for you oh thank you because yeah i was a bit like I, am i meant to know who these people are yeah but i, I couldn't get distracted by googling at this point i had to be focused on what i was doing because there was a lot to be focused mm -hmm. on but yeah this relationship was it was huge for okay. wwf so i don't know if vince specifically said can we get susan st james on or dick ebersole said suggested yeah let's yeah. get my wife involved yeah, somehow fair. she i will say actually yeah. Didn't care for her to begin with. She grew into it I, a little I bit. I actually quite liked her, yeah. Some of the comments she was coming out yes. with were good. Some of them were stupid. Well. But you could tell she came from a background where she didn't care. But by the end of it, I believe that she was at least entertained. Int yeah, exactly. Which was nice. Yeah. So, back to Vince, who now introduces Ray Charles. So, before we get into yeah. what Ray Charles does here, okay. did you see how he brought Susan St. James on? He lifted her hand, kind of rotated around the ring and like tr let her trot off like a show pony yeah it was a bit of a parade yeah it was odd wasn't it yeah i found it quite uncomfortable but we see ray charles um although sounds as though he has a, a furball as he starts um singing i noticed at one point he was <laughs> like before <laughs> impression number one but let's get it done early like it but it was very early into the song oh. and the the microphone no sells him no I don't know if you saw that. You started singing. I was like, oh. yeah. Eventually, it sorts itself out because then it comes back and he goes and does that horrible audio screech. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh. But then, really enjoyed it. Actually, yeah. really enjoyed yeah. it. Do I want it on a wrestling show again? No. But if we have to get something like that, absolutely. Give me Ray Charles. Yeah. Give me Ray Charles. So Ray sings "America the Beautiful" as we see all the images of military men and traditional things mm -hmm. from Americana. Yeah. Just invoking that community, that one spirit togetherness. It's all very cheesy and hammy, but it works, and you you expect it as part of this show. Feels like a Thanksgiving Day parade, like yeah, with its bit. traditions. Yeah, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. So you kind of just know what you're signing yeah. up for. I was about to say uh, he finishes, uh, and Ray looks up to the bleachers, but that'd be a lie. I I genuinely thought I was like, what the hell is he looking at? And then I went. You idiots. Of oh, course he yeah. isn't looking. No. The man is blind. He's just moved his head. But he was literally up yeah. there the whole time. I thought, but you'd think you'd get neck ache after a while on that, wouldn't you, if you're tilting I'd... up? But he had his uh, friend come out and uh, help him away. But, yeah, I enjoyed that greatly. We then get Gene Oakland. Looks superimposed on the background. Of, yeah. So he's in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. It didn't look right the way no, that it, it was look, put it? there. Because he looked... 
almost like a computer character like green screen very much green screened but yeah odd but like he was the green screen rather than the background yeah. it looked odd yeah. and, and he doesn't mind telling us uh, it's something that he says quite <laughs> a lot I don't mind telling you Vince that, and then he'll just say some insert sentence about said wrestler he uh, welcomes us to Chicago mm -hmm. um, not sure why that happens because it then goes straight back to New yeah, York yeah so confused <laughs> not a clue the, ah oh. oh I know why okay because Vince and Susan St. James are in the ring. They've got to get back They've to their box. They've got to get back to their box. And oh, I see. I assume the Ray Charles song they didn't think was going to be enough time. Oh. So I think they did that because they didn't have anyone else who could host in New York. True. So they had to send it elsewhere. And I figure they thought Gene would probably be yeah. the best at talking shit. I mean, I'll tell you who I'd rather have seen. Uh, hello, Vince. <laughs> yes, lovely time. <laughs> Wonderful rendition by the very talented Ray Charles. I love it. I'm sorry, that guy is... All I was hoping for, I literally at the beginning, I was like, please tell me we get we get our guy. We do, not in the same capacity, no. but we do get him. We do get him. So something that we can look forward to a bit later on in the evening. So we now go to, well, actually, I say they go back to Vince. They actually don't because they do put a couple more promos in. Mm -hmm. So we get Lou Duva, who you won't know who that is, but boxing trainer. I think he worked quite closely with some oh, former world champions. Short guy. With grey hair. Oh, God, yeah. that was painful. Um, so he lies to the fans and tells us that Piper is the best heavyweight prospect out there. It's a, just well, lying. That's, that's, yeah. Just lying as we see Piper and this Piper is on something this evening. Yeah. He is on yeah. something. So, Bob Orson, in the background, yeah. loosening up the shoulders of, of Hot course. Rod with a shoulder rub, as Piper kindly informs us that he grew his hair out so people could distinguish the difference between him and Mr. T. Mm. Mm. Because there were a lot of people thinking, oh. I don't know which one Roddy Piper is and which one Mr. T is. It was so much like, I shook my head out with this. Oh, it oh, was it gets unreal. Worse. Oh, I know, I know what you're going to, I know what's coming But do well. you remember, I mentioned how Roddy Piper would come out with some of this uh -huh. kind of stuff in a previous edition. This is about as good of an example okay. as you will see from him. Um, Piper cuts a mad promo and starts by saying, are you ribbing me? Which is an insider term. Oh. So uh, I've mentioned before to you what a rib is, so it's basically pulling a prank on someone. Yeah, yeah. But it's considered to be an insider term. And back then, you don't do that. Oh. So he just put it out there. But I found that quite amusing, I must admit. He made me tired and watching goes, this. I, I want to do an impression, but I don't think I can do a Roddy Piper impression. Is that his actual voice? He's No, he's quite. He's more mellow, but he will go high pitch and stuff for the Jesus character. Jesus Christ. He goes, if Mr. T can knock me out in this fight, I'll quit professional boxing, professional wrestling. I'll quit tiddlywinks. I'll quit dating girls. He then puts his arm around the cowboy mm. and says... I might just stick with you. Yeah, I was so confused. And Orton's just thinking, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, but I, I thought that part was pretty good. That whole... Yeah. Because it was just... It looks like he was mad, but in full confidence that he's going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, he then accuses Mr. T of... And this is the bit where we go a little bit too far, Mr. Piper. Oh, yeah. Uh, cutting his hair like an Indian and painting himself black. Mm-hmm. What? I get the kind of the war tribe cutting the, the hair and how that could look Native American. I get that. Right. I don't understand what he's even angling for by saying No, I just didn't understand flat. it. I was like, let's just move on. Let's, you've done your promo. Let's just, we don't need to go there. But normally you can see where he's like the person's angling for uh -huh. and you can go, oh, okay, he's referring to this. That's wrong. But I couldn't even work no. out what he was suggesting. Was he suggesting Mr. T was actually a white guy in disguise? So weird. Uh, I don't know. I mean, hopefully someone out there will know exactly what Piper was going for and uh, can let us know. 
And then we go on to the first match. All that, we haven't even got to the first I match know. of the evening. There's 12 of them. I know. 12. I was exhausted. It was. It was a long slog. I tried so hard to How? be like so optimistic. I tried so hard. But this and got so far. already, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, how, how many additions did you have to do to get through this show? Four. Four. Yeah, so, so did I. Yeah, four sittings. Because the last sitting I had to stop and then come back to it later, later because I was just like, I can't do this. And it wasn't acceptable to drink at that time of the day, so I came back later where it was acceptable to have a drink. Oh, so you started in the morning yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. I did a little segment in the morning, and then I was like, I can't, I, I have to... These are the shows that are going to give me a drink problem, I swear. Yeah, let's blame the shows for that, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's. Brilliant. Yeah. So, in this match, yes. we've got the Magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So, from the main event of WrestleMania to the opening match of WrestleMania 2, Mr. Yeah. Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. I was happy to see him. At least I knew who he was. At least it was fine. He's, I like him. Was uh, Morocco not on the first Probably. I don't Mania. remember. I think he might have been. Maybe. But, but okay. I remember Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Because he's like the Kendall. Yeah. Tough bastard as well. Mm-hmm. Really tough bastard. Uh, so, these men both clearly taking all the vitamins that they, they need to get by. Absolutely. Uh, Vince takes us to audio of what the two men said earlier, and it's an absolute steaming pile of shit that we didn't need. <laughs> oh, they God. started to wrestle, and he's like, let's hear what they said earlier. Yes, I like, know, but oh, I'm gonna reads, win. The reads out what they've said, and it's like, He didn't read out, he played the audio. Is that actually it? That's I them. thought he was reading no, it, because it was so, like, dull. So you thought he put on two different voices? Yes. To, well, who is he, me? Yes. No, no, that was oh. the general audio. Oh, God, even if I knew that, it still wouldn't have improved it, I'll be honest. Brilliant. So, this, for me, is the first example of them trying to pack far too much in yeah. to, the sh- to the allotted time. Um, it's just It was just an awful creative decision from production. I don't, And I don't think they played did that in any other match on the night. So, either it was scheduled for the other matches, and Vince went, actually, this is crap, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it just seemed very, very poor. The start with the test of strength sees neither man get an advantage, and then a side headlock by Ondorf seems uh, sees him pushed off, dropped down by Morocco, and a big body drop. Big body drop? Big back body drop, I assume is what I meant there, because I don't know what a big body drop is, but to be fair, I wasn't big engaged in this body match. Drop. <laughs> wasn't engaged in this match, I'll be honest. So Orndorff uh, uses his feet to push, uh, push off Morocco, which was, I thought was really good, so... He got body... I think it was body slam, actually. Either way. Yeah. So he was on the floor. Morocco goes to attack him. Orndorff pushes his feet up and pushes him away yeah. while he's on the floor. That's something that you used to see fairly frequently back in the 80s, but it's not something you really see oh, okay. anymore in wrestling. Have you ever seen someone do that? No, that you can no think to of? be fair, actually, no. So, uh, you know, credit there. Yeah. We've got to give something for these people, haven't yeah, we? Absolutely. The, because this was... Yeah. Uh, then we get a... Body slam by Orndorff in return, and Mr. Wonderful does a ludicrous taunt where he just starts kind of going, yes. in the middle of the ring. Don't know to it's what effect. Pointless. It was very pointless. In the corner, Morocco looks to gain the advantage, but a reverse whip and backdrop puts Orndorff back in charge. Susan St. James says, oh my, and I already forgot about her because she hadn't said anything <laughs> up to this point in the match. So quiet, and then she just pipes up. Because Vince is obviously doing all the work, and yeah. at some point he's literally—I assume he's, he's gone looking to her, at her and gone, like, "Are you going to say anything?" Yeah. Oh my! And I was like, "Oh yeah, she's legit." Though, if that was me, that's—I'd be like, 
Oh, God, I can only say positive things. Well, oh, well. brilliant. Holly, what do you think of the wrestlers? Snore me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that, thanks, Holly. <laughs> See you later. I'd comment on what they're wearing, but, yeah, but at least that would be, you know, that'd be something. <laughs> Just, oh, could you imagine being there for this show and having to remain positive on the announce team the whole time? Uh, no. No, it would have been, been a very dark time. We see an arm lock on Morocco, and St. James says Orndorff is definitely winning. Yeah. Definitely winning at this point, which is good to know. Uh, that Just is how case, it works. You know. yep. Cheers, love. <laughs> Morocco uses the turnbuckles to hit an arm drag, but Mr. Wonderful holds on, so that was good. We saw something similar at WrestleMania 1, where they used the ropes in the corner yes. to run up and do a reversal. Yeah. They did something here, again. Did not hate it. No. The arm lock stays in place, and Morocco is a sweaty hog already. Isn't he? Isn't he? It's unbelievable. It looks like he's being roasted. Oh, God. And not in the way that you like. Oh, my God. Even Vince calls it out. He says he's sweating profusely, which is a good word, use of the word profusely. We don't often hear that. And I thought, nice, nice. I'm, as you know, I'm a fan of big words and uh, things that make people sound intelligent. Mm. Why are you putting the face? I honestly still can't get over what you just said. No, that was Roddy Piper. I was quoting him earlier. It's fair. Uh, the arm lock then becomes a top wrist lock and Morocco looks to escape but a whip is countered and we are back into the arm lock again. Samoan drop eventually breaks the hold and Vince doesn't know what to call that. He goes, what a manoeuvre, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. He goes, oh, what a manoeuvre, which is Vince's way of saying, I don't know what that is. And uh, then we see Mr. Wonderful's face is introduced into the turnbuckles, which is um, something, again, I think we see that quite a lot on the night as well. Don't we just? Oh, there's, I know which one you were talking about. We'll get there. We'll okay. get there. So the two numbskulls tackle each other over the ropes, but Orndorff's foot is caught in the yes. ropes. Again, this is something we also see many times in the evening. Yes. Tighten those fucking ropes up because this is annoying. But he looked like he could have properly torn yeah. some knee ligaments yes. or done some serious damage there. And the ref had to help him out as they're still pretending to be wrestling, falling to the floor. Yeah. And then the buffoons both get counted out and the crowd chant bullshit. Yeah, I heard the bullshit and then I heard the, I heard the bell go and I was like, what? This also is not the first time this happens in this whole show. The bell goes and I well, sat not the there. Only time. Yeah, and that's actually what I meant. And I watched it and I was like, I'm so confused what happened. Like, it, uh, to me it wasn't obvious. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is what's happening. I remembered it being oh, a double okay. count out because um, a few years ago in lockdown... I started watching the Manias from okay. WrestleMania 1 just to do something. Yeah. If you feel like you're achieving something, yeah. like you binge-watch box sets, etc. I was doing it with yeah. WrestleMania because I'm cool like that. But we get no announcement. And Vince is kind of clearly waiting for Howard Finkel Isn't to make he? an announcement. Isn't he just? And Howard Finkel's just standing there, looking lost, a little bit like yeah. Al Hayes, WrestleMania yeah. 1. And then he's shaking his head, asking questions, walking around. Yeah. Vince Mr. is Wonderful going, then starts to pose to like... I don't know if he also is aware of what's going on. Let me just strike some poses here. Fine. And then, and then you can see that Vince is clearly getting annoyed with the lack of communication yeah. and professionalism. Doesn't he say, like, perhaps we have the reply? And I'm yeah. like, that's his him going, someone fucking someone say what's going on. Announce what's yeah. happening. And then he goes, okay, right, we're going to a Mr. T promo, yeah. basically. Um, so before the, we even hear the result of the first match is announced, Vince sends us to Mr. T. Yeah. Mr. T with Smoking Joe Frazier and Haiti Kid. Do you know who Smoking Joe Frazier is? I want to say yes, but I know, don't know his, like... Joe Frazier, I know that name. Yeah, but... Not from where? 
I, I don't understand. So, former so, heavyweight boxing champion, yeah. uh, the Thriller in Manila, Manila fight with oh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad that's Ali, him. Yeah, Muhammad Ali's big rival. So, nice. we have Muhammad Ali, WrestleMania 1. Okay. We get Joe Frazier. They don't really do it a lot, do they? No, but I don't think he was supposed to, to be fair. Just to be a presence. I think, yeah, it was okay. just to add another body count of celebrities on the show. Yeah. Because we certainly see that later on. Um, arguably not of the same calibre. Well, no, actually, no, I take that back. You've still got Mr. T. You don't have, like, a Cindy Lauper level. No. You know, certainly someone from the music industry of anywhere near that calibre. Um, but they do have some big big names in a specifically in a match later on yeah. in the card and given the time that this took place yeah that was okay. that was big for wwf um mr t says he'll do his talking with his fists and then proceeds to talk 100 miles an hour and over the result that is finally being announced yep. in the ring of mm-hmm. who won or what happened in that last match but it's just mr. which isn't his fault but but i just like the funny. irony of him going i do my talking in the ring I do my talking in the ring for Yeah, just stop your promo there. That's it, I'm going, you see, Mr. Pablo, you come out here and it is. I'm like, oh, oh that's impression number two. It was impression number two. Not bad. I don't oh, know. That feels alright. Yeah. But, um, he I liked his dressing gown. Yes. It's nice. Well, if we're talking about dressing gowns, I was a big fan of Roddy Piper's with his tartan number. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Looked like you'd wear it on a, a leisurely autumnal morn. Ooh. Crisp outside. Yeah. I know you're not a hot drink fan, no. but a nice little coffee on the go. Maybe sure. a pastry if you're feeling fancy. Oh. Well, then again, that time of year might be might be better with a bowl of oats. Oh my god! Do you like? A, are you a fan of porridge? No. No. Oh, because <laughs> of the milk. No, <laughs> yeah. But you make it with water. I've seen. I have had it with water. I don't like the consistency. I'm very funny with food consistencies. Like so, rice pudding's a no-no as well. No. Okay. Thank you. No. no. I wasn't offering. Just in case you know anyone wants to know. <laughs> right. I can, um, I can have take a yogurt. Take <laughs> <the mother> back. <laughs> I can have a yogurt, but like a smooth yogurt, like no bits. Okay. I don't like consistencies like that. No, that's not fine. that anyone cares. But no, you should. No, it's hey, it's our podcast. We can talk about what the fuck we like. That's the beauty of it. So basically, Mr. T is very upset that uh, Piper cut Haiti's kid's hair to look like Mr. T. It didn't really, didn't really look like Mr. T's hair. No. It just looked like a different kind of mohawk, not mohawk yeah. type job. Um, and to be fair, if uh, Piper did cut the hair exactly like that. Yeah, pretty That's good job. Impressive, yeah. yeah Should be would, a barber. Yeah, I was gonna say it would take Brutus uh, Beefcake's gimmick in a few years. Um, and then yeah, basically says if Piper ends up getting dirty and fighting dirty, I'll fight dirty as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. T is still talking, and as you said, Howard yep. Finkel then booms out with the announcement of the result of the first match about five minutes late. Oh yeah, one. and um, we don't really hear the end of Mr. T. No. Might be a benefit. What we heard, what I did hear of him was fine. Yeah. For I mean, get, don't get me wrong. He's an actor, but normally if you put actors outside of the acting world and in wrestling, yeah, it's not surefire success. No. His promos fine. Yeah, fine. I'm okay with it. Hmm. Now we go to this match. Right. This match for me. Yeah. Was potentially the worst. So I know we said at WrestleMania one the worst match we've ever done in this podcast was Andre the Giant against Big John Studd. Yeah. I am putting this match on the table as being worse than that. And that is George the Animal Steel versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth for the Intercontinental title. Yes. I thought people liked Randy Savage. They do. Well, why? Like, but he was being booed. Okay, right. So, fair enough. So, a majority of his WWF run... Yeah. He's a heel. Oh, okay. Uh, or maybe it's about 50-50, but certainly at the beginning, yeah. he was a heel, and this wasn't Is too this long. Is this near the beginning? Yeah. Because all I 
I've not seen I've obviously seen him in later stuff and I was like people love him yes. like, I'm so confused why everyone's booing him and then the lady on commentary was continuously talking about how badly he treats um, Elizabeth yeah, that's almost a shoot as well. And I was like, I'm so confused what's going on right now. So Randy Savage and Elizabeth were married. In real life. In real life. he At this point. At this point, okay. yeah. And he was incredibly, from all stories, because obviously I can't comment yeah, not being there, but he was a very controlling and manipulative man right. in a relationship. So from the things that I've heard, it would go as far as with Randy not allowing... Elizabeth out of the house if he was not there he needed right. to know where she was at all times who she was with mm-hmm. what she was doing it's almost like a stalker type mm. conditioning that he's he's kind of generating here and there's like paranoia psychosis not the wrestler yeah. obviously but it was yeah quite worrying so it was good probably for them to to get apart separate yeah. which they did so they didn't stay together forever she moved on. I think she eventually was with Lex Luger for a while. Okay. But it was a very poisonous relationship between the two. And I think they did an episode of Dark Side of the Ring on on their whole scenario. Oh, okay. So it's worth, worth a listen yeah. for sure. But Randy Savage, during his, his peak as a face, he was massively popular. And yeah, but certainly early doors. I think he came into the WWF. Uh, late 85 or summer of 85 so he mm-hmm. wasn't there for first Wrestlemania I don't he definitely wasn't in the show yeah but I don't believe he was in the company at that point okay. I think he came along slightly after and what WWF liked to do is with someone that they thought had potential and they still did it for quite a while with the Intercontinental title is give them that see how they do with it and see yeah. how they carry themselves and oh, okay. it was his run with the Intercontinental title yeah that down the line made the company feel comfortable that they could give him the bigger belt and go oh, from there. I see. Okay. But this point, to answer your question, was very much in the we do not like Macho okay. Man Randy Savage. Right. And it helped actually in the fact that you could see how he was with Liz mm. at ringside. It just married up perfectly. Right. That he was going to be a heel because mm-hmm. I feel like he just probably allowed himself to speak to her like he would outside of the wrestling mm-hmm. industry as he does when they're actually ha- he's having a match and she's at the side. So George Steele looks exactly like the missing link. Do you know what the missing link is? No. Not the wrestler, it's the human Z. So the person that was, I say the person, the monkey that they believed was the halfway house between ape and man okay. was walking oh, around. Oh, he's so hairy. He is very hairy. So hairy. Very hissute, I, I believe they'd say. Means. means hairy. Okay. It's just me being fancy. <laughs> Um, and Miss Elizabeth's hair looks more like the 80s than the decade itself. She, honestly, she was so glam, though. She's a beautiful lady. Proper, really pretty. Proper glam. Really pretty. Love that. Macho Man is the result of a music festival mukbang, I decided. Oh my god, that's such a good ex- like description. So good. Just look, everything yeah. about him is like... He's yeah. picked up something from every different part of the festival he, he really visited. Like, yeah. yeah, I love that. And then the bell rings and Savage starts the match with sunglasses and, and headband on. Oh, so you yeah. were livid. Yeah, honestly. How angry were you at the Macho Man? <laughs> we know I don't like sunglasses inside. <laughs> but at least take them off. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, especially when the match starts. Yeah. That's not going to end well for you. No. Still starts with his sweater on. So, um, yeah, it's like neither, no one was actually ready for the bell to go. And see, then they've got about 10 minutes after the bell goes before they do anything anyway. Okay, so I'll let you in on a secret there. Uh-huh. That was a joke. I meant because he's very hairy. No. He started in his sweater. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, but it's, it's slow starting. Really slow starting. It doesn't get any better, this no. one. So the book... Well, no, I'm going back to the same point now. The animal pretends to be an ape mm. and charges uh, at causing Savage to bail. And then he does it again. Yeah. And Savage bails again. Mm-hmm. That is a theme of this He match. does all the things I hate. All of them. And I, at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, why do the people not like him? And then I watched this match and I was like... Well, neither do I, because yep. he does all the things I can't stand. Is that not good heel work? Yes, yes. There we go. So Savage swings the chair at the ropes before bailing for a third time. Mm-hmm. Steel is in pursuit. Savage leaves now for a fourth time, but the animal bites down on his calf as he re-enters. Not even on his calf, it's his shoe. Yeah, but it's, it's where weird. the calf would be on the back of the boots. It's just weird. <laughs> I just, I know. I, as I was watching this, I was like, I'm hating this. I know Holly's going to be livid. Yeah. St. James is a fan as she wildly cheers the animal in support of cannibalism. Yeah. Savage strikes Steel but is lifted off his feet with a two-handed choke. <laughs> yes. Like a simian, George ambles after Elizabeth, allowing Savage to attack him from behind. Of course. Mm-hmm. Steel is tied upside down in the ropes and needs the referee's assistance to escape. I actually thought that was quite good. So they he was kind of his body was out between the top yeah. and middle rope. He got turned round and pushed so that the ropes flipped and locked on him. Yes. I thought that was actually quite nice. I do have to try and make the point of pointing out anything good, even in yeah, a shit match. Yeah, I know, I know. And that was a moment that I, th- I thought yeah, was right. Fair. Even the first bite, and I do stress first bite, mm-hmm. fine. I mean, it should have been a disqualification, let's be of fair. Of course. And I feel like there's a few instances throughout the card, I want to say more noticeably in Los Angeles, where there should have been many a disqualification and not once did it happen. Yep. But this match was pretty good for that as well. Um, top rope crossbody by Savage. Uh, Savage. Savage. I we like that. started. Savage. I like it. Yeah, but who am I? Like infants. Jonathan Ross doing this now all of a sudden. So top rope crossbody by Savage, and the landing is an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. So Steel powers out of the pin, but I don't know what exactly the intention was because the way Savage landed, yeah. he almost overshot it, and then either Steel pulled him back to be on top of him, or Randy manoeuvred himself back I don't know something went wrong there I don't know what the initial intention was but it, it didn't land right but as soon as Steel kicks out he pushes Savage up and Savage flies out yeah. the ropes as if that was Steel doing yeah. it you wouldn't have thought as well with George the Animal Steel I've seen him be interviewed well, he's no longer with us but yeah. I saw him interviewed let's say it must have been about 15 years ago the most mild-mannered normal oh. person you'll ever come across friendly giant yeah, he was just he just talks like a normal, nice, nice. old man. And uh, it's quite amusing to see mm. how different that is from his character. Now, here is a, a big thing for Ooh, me. Oh, okay. Elizabeth is fantastic at looking concerned at yes. all times. Like She legitimately yeah. looks terrified of everything. She's the type of person that I feel like would sleep, sleep with a bat under her bed. Okay. Just in case she heard something, she thought there's an intruder. Yeah. She's ready to go. What was that? Was it a pipe? Is there a man coming in the house? Very good. Again, I wonder if that's something that... She's just a naturally skittish person. Yeah. Or is this something that the relationship has uh, indoctrinated within her? And, um, yeah, interesting theory. If I do say so myself. Yeah. So she runs to the aid of Macho Man. Of course. Doesn't really do anything. Just there to check if he's okay. Two big right hands by the animal, and for the sixth time, Savage is sent to the floor. Yes. Six, that was genuinely six, I've been counting. Oh, okay. 
Macho Man then uh, scampers under the ring through oh, yeah. to the other side and blindsides still. I actually thought that was good. Yeah, it was clever, actually. Because they're playing on the fact that Savage is obviously intelligent enough to think that this is going to work against a simpleton yeah. like George the Animal Steel. And because George the Animal Steel is portrayed as a simpleton, yeah. it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. No time to build momentum. Still bites down on Savage's forearm. Yeah. Again, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Second time. Well, if, yeah. if you're allowing the first one to go, yeah. second one is, that's got to be Surely. your day. But no. And I said, this is a farce. <laughs> Exclamation mark. St. <laughs> James, I wonder if he's had his shots. Vince, good question. Fucking is it? Well, is it? It's a question. It's a question. It's words with a question mark at the end of it. Is it good? No. <laughs> Thanks, Susan. Again, though, like, what What can you say? Well, don't talk about like, fucking rabies, tetanus, tetanus yeah. and all that. Would it be tetanus? You wouldn't need a tetanus shot for an animal bite. It would be a rabies shot, wouldn't it? I don't know. Tetanus is if you I'm stand on like metal. Rusty. Yeah. Mm, true. What a segue. I did not think we'd be discussing about the, <laughs> what consists of a tetanus shot on a rabies shot. Savage uh, retrieves a set of flowers. Oh, this is uh, right. stupid. And hits the animal before he is bitten once more. Mm -hmm. And still starts trying to stimulate Macho Man's allergies with hay fever. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if you're not getting disqualified after the first or second bite, third one should do it. Why not? Just to, might turn it into a biting Just contest. Yeah. yeah, why not? Well, they were in the uh, Big Apple, so maybe thought he had to Ooh, bite his way through. Oh, very come on good. now. Come on now. Uh, the animal then starts eating a turnbuckle. This, uh, right. What the fuck is this? This was actually something that he did. This is was, it? Yeah, this was so I George. Mean, it's still weird, but why? Because it makes him look feral. And okay. Like an animal, like he's a bit unhinged. Okay. So he would go, pretend to be chomping down, but obviously all he's doing is trying to he's rip just open. ripping it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was something that a trope that George the Animal still did. I mean, he'd been around for a long time, even at this point. Oh, okay. I think he started wrestling late 60s, going into the 70s. And in the 70s, he had um, quite a few matches with then-champion Bob Backlund mm -hmm. and was seen as a legit... So here he's a goofy face, yeah. but he was originally a bad monster man. Oh, okay. A bad monster bad man. bad monster man. Where he kind of stood there... I've definitely seen a, an old clip of him. I think it was against Backlund. I'm pretty sure it wasn't San Martino. And he's just standing there looking kind of dead behind the eyes. A bit like yeah. how... Um, I want to say Festus... When you know again, someone who was being portrayed as slightly mentally yeah. unhinged at a later date in WWE, who had gone to become Luke Gallows. Yes, it was just the unnerving look oh, okay. he would give, and it was mm -hmm. just quite like unsettling. unsettling. Yeah, yeah, and then you'd go from there. So quite a career that George okay. the Animal still had. So after he tries to set his allergies off with hay fever, yeah. the animal starts eating a turnbuckle, rubs it in the face of Savage because that's an offensive move. Yeah, why not? And uh, they're back outside once more. Yeah. Steel is distracted staring at Elizabeth, and Savage takes flight with an axe handle to the floor. But just just basically jumps and rubs his hands down his sweaty back. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in his matted fur. Yeah. What was it um, Vince said on commentary? He said, um, there's a lot of fur on George Steele. He goes, <laughs> well, he says, I guess it'd be classed as hair. Yes, because he's human. Yes. And, yeah, body slammed by Savage, followed by a top rope elbow, only gets a two. End it now. End it yesterday. Yep. Savage sent upside down into the corner. Referee steps in. Savage missionary pins Steel oh, and yeah. retains. Steel eats another turnbuckle before charging after Savage. Worst match of all time, question mark, Holly. Yep. 
But yeah. I d- honestly, I uh, I wanted to really enjoy this because I really actually enjoyed the first WrestleMania as a whole. And I know we're only very, very early on, but this is dross. Like, absolute dog shite. How, how does it compare specifically with the Andre the Giant and John Studd match, which we were very critical of? Yeah, do you know what? I'd rather watch that. Yeah, I would. I would honestly rather watch that on repeat rather than watch this again. I think that was helped because it was shorter as well. This was not yeah, short. Yeah, this was long. I think there's definitely one match that goes longer than this one mm-hmm. later in the night. And it's one of the better ones, so that's yeah. fine. But this was this made me question everything about professional wrestling, which is not good. And especially seeing it's got Macho Man in it I know. As well. I think that's why I was so confused as well. But then obviously, it's as we've discussed, it predates my knowledge of him. Um, but also on him, is this where is... Right here, I'm going to use the word homage. Is this Bailey... Bailey does a homage to him, right? She did. The elbow drop. Not anymore, but she yeah, used oh yeah, to when so she was the hugger, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Just yeah. to clarify She was that. a big fan. She'd have the tassels on and stuff. Yes. So she would pay homage to both homage. to both Randy Savage and uh, Dusty Rhodes as someone who trained Okay, cool. Her. So, yes, you are correct. Thank you. We now go back to, uh, I said Canada there, go back to Rosemont, Illinois. Yeah. And we see uh, Mean Gene Oakland with John Studd and Bill Fralick. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was coming. So, the Atlanta Falcons player and John Studd start shoving. Mm-hmm. Fralick looks more like a pro wrestler than the actual pro wrestler Doesn't does. He? Um, and uh, I'm going to have to ask you, Holly, Smash? Absolutely. Yeah. And it feels weird, like, because obviously this was before I was born, so I'm obviously watching it, but I was like, yeah, I'll take him. Yeah. Absolutely. Very handsome boy. Isn't he just? Looked a prick as well, so right yeah. up the street. Right, right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> there was, I don't know if you knew this, but there was actually very real tension between the pro wrestlers hmm. and the American footballers okay. going into this battle royale. Because they both thought they had a lot to lose by yeah. not coming out looking the stronger of the two. Yeah. So the American footballers are going, well, we're real athletes. We do a real sport. Mm-hmm. Professional wrestling. Uh, wrestling. Start that again. Rewind. Professional wrestling yes. is whilst athletic, although not even massively athletic in some instances here, but you have to have a certain conditioning yeah. certainly to do it. They're not the real athletes here. Mm-hmm. We are. I see. Gridiron, proper sport, proper man's game. Uh-huh. And the wrestlers are going, who the hell are you to yeah. come into here and then dictate to us what exactly should and shouldn't be happening? Mm-hmm. So there's a real tension okay. and there was belief by some that it could get ugly and no. things could turn into a real fight. Oh, wouldn't that have been nice? So when they're kind of, you know, in the locker rooms and stuff like that, it's very much segregated between the two parties. Right. Which is an interesting dynamic, yeah. if nothing else. I mean, we'll get to we'll the get match that. fairly shortly. But fortunately, nothing itself kicked off and it all went relatively swimmingly. Mm-hmm. But interesting to know behind the scenes that this was very much a, an ongoing concern for the show. Mm-hmm. We then see um, Stud, who gets called a dud several times by Bill Fralick because yeah. funny. And then he crushes a clearly already deflated football in his hand because mm-hmm. he's got it and his fingers are already going like. I know. Yeah, it's got a slow puncture. We can all do that. I could do that. You could do that. I'm not impressed, John. Get your shit together. If it, like, exploded in... I mean, that would be a problem, but that would be at least more interesting. Oh, yeah, like, true. Imagine if they'd given him a real ball without a slow punch, and he's going, oh, this is what I'll do to you. I'll just give you a squeeze. Yeah, a little, little tickle. Yeah. See how that goes. And then we go from there, after the shoving match, yeah. back to uh, Vince and Susan St. James. Don't we? 
So Vince asks a very pertinent question. <laughs> if it's the one I think it is. Oh, it is. I, I know love it, it is. So, Susan, do you like snakes? Honestly, every time this came up, I just couldn't stop laughing. The signs were there, people. I couldn't stop laughing. You knew must. You must have known what I was going to do with this. <laughs> it's not the best chat line I've ever heard. No, it's um, worse. Yeah, and when he said, "Do you like snakes?" Do you reckon he he wrote you the word or the letter you as he might some like text? Oh, because we know people are touchy on this. Mm. Really touchy. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Vince has to clarify it's an actual snake in case people thought Jake Roberts would whip his cock out at some point in the evening's proceedings I'd rather he would have done that than got a real snake out let's be clear yeah I don't like snakes that's just my personal preference so. yeah I've, that's, that's my phobia snakes I'm yeah. a fan of them and to be fair an interesting story story time with Scotty B baby Ooh, okay. so Jake Roberts when asked how he came up with being the snake man mm-hmm. gimmick what what basically caused that and he said well if truth be told I was scared of snakes and he thought, what better way of conquering the fear of that than having to put yourself through it and get used to it? Oh. I know, horrendous. There's oh many instances God. with snakes. So Jake Roberts actually got in trouble several times with animal cruelty. I was going to say, how did this get passed? Because this, what he does with this snake is, I don't like snakes, but I actually feel bad for the snake yeah. in this one. But just through malnourishment, various oh. other things, he was... But Jake Roberts was a car crash of an individual still alive today actually okay. he was one of the people that DDP helped uh, recover oh, right, I see. and get back on track with Scott Hall who obviously yeah. is no longer with mm-hmm. us um, but Jake Roberts was in a very dark place and like he was on a course to self-sabotage uh-huh. everything he ever did so there was no one part of his life apart from wrestling which was like a safe house for him and it was just he's, he's very lucky to be alive and he was honestly promo wise when J- Jake Roberts hit a good promo I don't care who you are, I don't think The Rock touches him. Oh, really? So good. Because he would do... So I'll just go into a little bit more about Jake Roberts, just so you can kind of get a bit yeah, of an yeah. appreciation for him. So his dad was a wrestler. I think it was Grizzly... Grizzly Roberts or something, or Grizzly Adams, something like that. Um, his brother was also a wrestler. So they came from a wrestling family. And Jake, if you look at him, especially in this era, he does. He just looks odd, doesn't he? He looks mm-hmm. like a kind of Midwestern dad, which I think I'll make a comment to later. Okay. And he... His promo ability, there was one particular that he cut where he was just talking, standing, looking at the camera. And in this was the era where you've got Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. screaming and shouting, and even the Big Hills, and Jake Roberts would just talk very deliberately, very slowly. And he said, he said, my father once told me that if a man is important enough, he doesn't have to shout to be heard. Ooh, and it's just that's quite... Nice. And you're like... Fucking go on, Jake, son. Like, even yeah, now thinking about it, that's I'm getting... Nice, I like that. Really good. We'll have to try and find that promo yeah. for you sometime. And there's many instances of the snake as well causing issues. He had a feud with Randy Savage, which there'll be a show, I'm sure, that we cover upon. Yeah. So I won't say exactly what oh, happened okay. in there, but I can tell you a little bit about the backstage side of things, which was interesting. Remember how I mentioned earlier in this episode that Randy Savage had a bit of paranoia, a mm-hmm. bit of psychosis about things? So there was a bit where... Okay, I will have to tell you, actually, for this to make sense. Okay. Randy Savage was scheduled to be bitten yeah. by the snake. For yeah. Real. And it was a yeah, cobra. I've seen that happen. I'm like, how okay. is that? Okay. But. So, Randy Savage backstage went to Jake Quinn, is the snake fixed? And Jake went, what do you mean? Is that an impression? Yeah. Okay. And Jake went, what do you mean? He said, is it still got venom? And Jake went, no, of course he's not got venom in. 
you've still got the fangs, but the sacs have been filled in, so there's no poison in there. That's how they do it, basically. Oh. They've got poison glands, yeah. or venom glands. They fill it with, like, a silicon, so there's they can't produce the venom. Oh. So it can still bite, but it can't. Still So, because nice. I thought it was defanged, but no, the, the oh, fangs. Were, and actually, a cobra, <laughs> weird fact, cobra doesn't have fangs like a snake does. Cobra just has teeth. So, like, it's, oh. like, sharp teeth. It's one of the few snakes that doesn't have an actual oh. fang. And uh, Randy Savage went, How do I know you're not lying? And Jake went, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, Randy said, I want to see it bite you. Oh, my God, this is... I'm sorry, this story is so good purely because you keep doing it. It's not the best because I can't quite do it. But I'm doing it, oh, yeah, but that's... Yeah, the rest is a challenge. And so what he made Jake do yeah. was pull down his boot, have the snake bite him. So the so what Jake was so angry about this. Yeah. Not because he had to necessarily prove it, but because he had to prove it when they're backstage, they haven't warmed up, so the blood isn't going. So a snake bite hurts far more when you're cold, not warmed up, not adrenaline. Okay. So he had to get bitten in that environment, and he was angry. Ooh, so going into the, the actual match when Randy then gets bitten by the snake... Because Randy just said, we'll see how that turns out for you. I've stopped yeah. the accent now because you've got in my head of it. Oh, I like it. And, uh, um, so in the ring, when it was time for... Randy was tied up in the ropes, time for him to get bitten. Jake says he was turned around, he got the cobra, and he said he was paintbrushing the shit out of that cobra to get to it fucking it angry. Okay. And then he turned around and let the snake bite Randy, and the snake would not let go. Because the snake was like Aye. so rolled up from Jake kind of... Yeah. Get, I don't think Jake was like trying to genuinely hurt the snake but just fucking annoy it enough yeah. to yeah so that was a, a genuine story that happened god that's awful yeah i couldn't think of anything worse i know oh well i'll have to oh. well i'll have to really work and fine tune the randy savage impression because you have to do all the hand stuff okay. as well but uh yeah that was, that was a little segue for you but thank you again with jake roberts yeah. really really good underappreciated performer and the person who basically popularized and created the ddt oh it's him Oh, okay. My gosh, I've learnt so much today. Speaking of the man, we're going to go into the match now. Oh, good. George Wells, who I thought was an author. I, I okay, thank God you said that because I wasn't looking at the teddy. I must have been looking at my phone, and um, it, it said the name, and I was like George Orwell. Yeah. What? And I was like, oh. Or Orson Wells. No, I was so George confused. George Orwell, Orson yeah. Wells. So yep. well confused. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Um, going up against Jake the Snake Roberts. And his is the first entrance we see. Yes. Everyone else has already been pre-prepared in the ring. They don't give him his music, though. No. Like, he has, like, a digga-digga-digga-digga-digga-digga-digga-digga music, which oh, is actually okay. quite It's quite good. Not what I did, but the music's quite good. <laughs> so Robert dumps the bag in the corner of the ring and slaps the scales off the fucker mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. And then I think Vince says, oh, um, how do we know there's anything in the bag? And then you see the bag move, oh, which is yeah. a very unsettling... Awful. Yeah, horrendous. Really horrendous. Especially for someone like me, I'm just yeah, not no. with snakes. Jake with a wonderful 80s mullet, like a conservative dad from the Bible Belt. Yep. Robert storms across the ring and hits the right hand immediately, but Wells fires back. Whip and a back body drop by Wells, and Robert swings at the air after a forearm, which was quite good, like he's so out of it, he's punched yeah. drunk already. Wells is then thrown to the floor, but Wells with a right hand, and they quickly return to the ring, so fortunately they learn the lessons of the last one. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Leapfrog by Roberts, who points at his head, but he then gets levelled by a shoulder block from an on-charging Wells. Headbutt by Wells, and Jake Roberts uh, to the... Fl- and Jake... Oh, no. Let me read that again. Headbutt by Wells, and Jake timbers to the floor before a splash in the corner. 
head scissors take down by Wells. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Jump up. You don't see that. Oh, I d- honestly, I just, I really struggled. This, uh, that for me is the one. If we're taking good things from these matches, that was nice. This was one of the better matches on the card. I know, but I still really, really struggled. After the head scissors take down, we see Robert signalling for a timeout. Oh, Always yeah. good heel stuff. Yeah. Always good heel stuff. Uh, body slam by Wells. Throat chop and knee lift follow. Very nice power slam, actually. Yeah. Nearly gets a three. That was another good one. Rake of the eyes by Roberts, who slithers outside. See what I did there? Ooh, Before okay. suckering Wells in with a knee. DDT follows, and this one is over. Yeah. Super, super weird cover by Jake. Yeah. Odd. Just penis to penis, whatever works yeah, for you. Odd, yeah. Didn't need to cover him like that, but I think it's just making him look a bit unhinged. These, you know, trouser snake is that powerful film? Mm, exactly. And then um, after the weird cover, the snake is draped oh, all over Wells. I said no. I actually feel bad for the snake I mentioned earlier. Being forced around Wells, causing him to foam at the mouth. Yeah, that's that's not nice. But the snake is getting like laid on by like a 260-pound yeah, man. That can't be comfortable for the snake. I but I think a lot of the times the snakes were... Um, medicated I was going to so say were they, they like drugged yeah so they wouldn't get actually violent because to be fair as, as much as I don't like snakes those type of pythons as a general rule tend to be more docile okay. than a lot of other snakes it's smaller ones funny enough the yeah. Napoleon complex um, it always reminds me as well actually of the story do you hear about the owner who had a uh, python that kept lying next, next to her to in, bed. in bed yeah and people were like you're dumb I'm measuring you up to eat you yeah. div yeah yeah absolutely yeah. who was doing that though Sorry, I mean, people might like snakes, and if you do, that's good for you. I mean, I know what I'm scared of, so Commitment. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> I fucking wish. Um, but it's just, no, don't, no, thank you. Don't put a snake on me. No, that's, I agree. That's gross. I agree. So from there, we get to see the uh, video package that highlights the rivalry between Mr. T and Roddy Piper. Yeah. So, from what I could ascertain from this, it looks like Mr. T had a boxing match with Cowboy Bob Orton Mm -hmm. and um, came out the victor. It shows him celebrating. Then Roddy Piper comes in and melee ensues. Did you feel like you needed to see that? No. No? No, because all it did was rile up my annoyance, ready for what was going to happen at a later time. Oh, yes, because, yeah, so again, so you'd listen to the monologue that I sent you. Yeah. So I didn't confirm exactly in the monologue no, what the match was. didn't. But they say it in the show, so you know yeah. what's happening. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, obviously they're wearing the boxing gear. You know well, what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And then, from there, we go to Jesse Ventura yes. interviewing Hulk Hogan. This guy is great for telly. I don't know who he is. So I you kind remember... of know his name, but I, I don't remember seeing him. In WrestleMania 1? Yeah, but no, I know he's the guy that was doing the, um, the commentary, mm-hmm. but... His accessories are amazing. Could he be wearing any more stuff? <laughs> like, honestly. Uh, and he's a former mayor of uh, Minnesota as I well. I love it. Or governor, sorry. He's great. I like him. <clears throat> and actually him on the microphone, very good. Do you remember the story I told you between him and Hogan? Mm-hmm. Which you can kind of see transpires in yeah. this one. Like, there's, there's a bit of, you can tell there's a bit of mm-hmm. animosity, shall we say. So I, I put here Ventura trying to upstage Hogan, who he genuinely doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Ask him why he would risk it all for this match against King Kong Bundy. Yep. A puffy-faced Hogan, mm-hmm. having all his vitamins, says in spite of busted ribs, he'll beat King Kong Bundy. Hogan says Mr. T will win against Piper. Not that anyone asked him. No, but I guess is he showing his, like, you yeah. know... Support to his fellow yeah, yeah, warrior. Yeah. 
even if Hot Rod cheats like others, pointing at Ventura <laughs> with his thumb. Yes. And then Ventura says, nice guys don't always finish first. Mm-hmm. Kind of butchering of the uh, saying yeah. there, but okay. Yeah. And I mean, I commented on what the other guy is wearing. Why is Hogan wearing like, what does it go around his head? Oh, it's, it's like a like tattered... eye patch, but not an eye patch, but it's mm. just like a bit of T-shirt that he's just tied around his head. Hey, when you're Why? Hulk Hogan... I mean, you can do whatever you like, but... Feeling all the Hulkamaniacs... It's so odd. Fit Wayne, feeling all the Hulkamaniacs, the power of the yes, Hulkamaniacs yes. running through his veins. I was just like, all right, fine. He can do what he wants, True. I think. So, we now go to Howard Finkel, who introduces some celebrities. Mm-hmm. Joan Rivers. I mean, uh, to be fair... I, I love her. She's or I did. She's obviously not here anymore. You still love somebody's dead. Absolute fucking legend. But maybe not at this point. But you know. So Joan Rivers sounding exactly like the lady who asked me if I was married in California. <laughs> it, exactly to the <laughs> maybe point it where. Was her. So I paused this yeah. video because uh, my missus was upstairs and uh-huh. I said, "Em, come and listen to this." I said, "I know you know who the person is." I said, yeah. but "Just listen to the voice and does it remind you of anything?" I played it back and then went. Yeah, it does sound familiar, but now I'm just thinking, is that what you've reminded me what Joan yeah. Rivers sounds like? And then I told her, I said, do you not remember the lady in California? And before I even finished, she went, she went oh, yeah. She went, that's really like it. Okay. So we're on holiday in California. Uh, the hotel we were staying at also did hotel weddings. Hotel California. It wasn't a Hotel California. No, it was a Hyatt Regency, I believe. Ooh. And uh, they did weddings there. Really, really beautiful place right on the beach, in Huntington Beach specifically. Oh, nice. And... Uh, as we were walking out to go and get, I think it was the first day we'd got there, we were going to get a, a meal in the evening, and we walked past the garden where they were preparing for a wedding yeah. for the next day. And uh, this lady there, she must have been probably knocking around Joan uh, Rivers' age at this point, and she just looked at us and said, she said, Oh my God, isn't it beautiful? Are you guys married? Like that, and it was just brilliant. And I was like, and whenever someone comes out with a really strong accent, oh, I love that. The English in me. Oh, were you goes so through. proper when you were? I said, I said, ha no, we're not married. <laughs> like it's very. Posh. See, you go posh. I ended up, I end up sounding like I'm from the freaking cast of Oliver whenever I meet Brilliant. <laughs> people that are like American. Love that. <laughs> All right, Gavner. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Brilliant. So, as well as that, when we're on the same holiday, I'm segueing again, but you'll have hmm. to allow me this. We went to an IHOP in Huntington okay. Beach's main yeah. shopping area. And uh, as we were getting served, this lady, again, very sweet lady, must have been in her 50s, um, said, she said, oh, are you two Australian? And I said, no. Yeah. And she went, oh. And I said, so, so this is how I talk. And I said, g'day, mate. That's how an Aussie talks. Yeah. And she went, all sounds the same to me, sweetie. Yeah, that, to be fair, actually, I've met quite a few... I've been to America a few times, met met one or two, shall we say. And a lot of them do say that English and Australian sounds very similar. To them. But we, to us it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But like I was in a cab when I went to Washington with my like mate that was with us and also her mum actually. And my friend was chatting away to this cabbie. We know personally what I'm like in a cab. I am mute. I just, I don't, my Uber says don't talk to me, I'm not being rude, I just, I'm not very good with small talk, I don't care. But even with those around you, because you go dead quiet even oh, when yeah. I'm there, you won't talk. Yeah, no, I, I just like a little, like a bit of silence, you know, chatting away, and then the cabbie said something, I can't remember what he said to me, but I responded, and he went, oh, you're from England then? And I, went, and I just went, yeah, like, we all are, and he went, 
pardon? And I was like, yeah, we are. And then my mate sitting in the front was like, yeah, I'm English too. And he went, no, no, you're definitely Australian. And I was like, how can you not think we sound okay. so similar? So is the equivalent of that us thinking Canadians and Americans sound similar? Yeah, probably. I think it's exactly the same. So with certain Canadian accents I can pick up on, yeah. but there are certain um, dialects in yeah. Canada that sound like Minnesota, for example, okay. in America, like my dad. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff is a very yeah. Minnesotan based thing to say. Okay. And Canada, the big one for Canada is what's well, boot? Like it's that kind of yeah. stuff. But that's obviously one particular yeah. aspect of it. So yeah. that's the yeah, only it must equivalent. Be exactly, not exactly the same, but. So yeah, back to Joan Rivers. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. So Joan Rivers um, just introduces us to the judges for the boxing yeah. match. So Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder, Cab Calloway, and G. Gordon Liddy. Guest timekeeper is Herb. What a fucking nonce that looks like. Mincing it. Honest to God. Yeah, I just don't know who any of these I don't know who Herb is. I didn't even bother caring to Google one. So he does this weird, like, dancing little shuffle over in the ring, uh, after climbing over the ropes to get in, gives her a hug, flounces his way back out. It's just very... He's no Liberace. He's not... Liberace, excuse me. Liberace. Liberace, get it right. Um, (laughs) But I don't... If I ever see him again, it'll be too soon. Okay. Uh, Just very offensive on the eyes. So here it is. Yep. I don't know if they, I have words for this, but I do have a story to try and keep you entertained, but okay. I'll give it to you at the end. Give oh, you something okay. to look forward to. Oh, good. Thank you. So, lovely tartan dressing gown on mm-hmm. Hot Rod. Mr. T is always gracious, according to Joan Rivers. The yep. fuck did that come from, Joan? Who knows? Even Vince went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> round one. No, not round one. I wish round one. Mr. T refuses to meet the gaze of Piper. That's actually quite good. Yeah. Not looking him in the eyes. And you can see Piper's going, no, look me in the eyes. Look mm-hmm. me in the eyes. That was one of the best moments. And then they eventually go nose to nose, which is the clip I said I'm probably misremembering as being yeah. WrestleMania 1. Because I think the WrestleMania 1 is the iconic one. The saddest part of this so far for me was when they announced it and said 10 rounds. And I literally sat there and went, are you fucking joking? 10 fucking rounds so you fully believed that this was going to go 10 rounds I had no idea honestly at this point I'd already been disappointed before so fair enough so I was pretty sure it wouldn't go 10 because I've watched I have watched boxing like but I was like I'm sure it won't go to 10 I'm sure something will happen but just let them go to 1 that was all I was hoping for I think they could have should have done it in no more than Two might have been arguably too short, but three should have been where they cut it off. Mm-hmm. And it, to be fair, it didn't go much longer than that. So no. let's let's dive into what happened. So round one, um, Piper works the jab. The jab actually looks pretty good. Yeah. If I'm analysing yeah. it as a boxing punch, that's that's a good jab by Piper. I don't know if he had any Golden Gloves amateur background in boxing, but that punch looked pretty good. Mr. T works the body. <laughs> this is absolute shit, and Piper is warned. I just didn't know how to how to make notes on this no I try to do it as in not like I'm doing a boxing yeah. match so I try to go for psychology more than anything yeah. and, and the notes around that so Piper starts selling the odd shot from Mr. T fine with that fine uh, but I cannot understand anyone who thought even for a split second that this was going to be a good idea no I, the crowd is dead dead Absolutely really dead, dead for this yeah Honestly, if you're looking at each of the three shows, New York got fucked over. Yeah. Massively fucked over with a portion of the card they got, for sure. 
Um, the two men have to be pulled apart mm -hmm. and Piper refuses to take a seat during the intermission at the end of round one. Fortunately, that's round one done. Yeah. Sigh of relief. Round two, and they start by having to remove a glob of Vaseline that's been oh, put on yeah. uh, uh -huh. Piper's head because obviously that's illegal in boxing. It's be done to be not protect the skin, but that would you know, cause off. ricochet to yeah. slide off. Again, ricochet also Ooh. not on this card. <laughs> Mr. T is bobbing and weaving as Piper goes headhunting, so oh, yeah, Piper's looking for the big shot. Mm -hmm. he's just Mr. T's doing like he's doing that rope training yeah. that you do. Shot to the solar plexus. Oh, you got it in there. I did. Stuns T, but he fires back from the corner. Piper is on top and a big right hand puts Mr. T to the floor. It almost hit him on the external occipital protuberance. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Um, so, kind of behind the ear, sent um, Mr. T down. It looked like that was they couldn't quite work out when he was supposed to go down because he looked like he was in the motion of falling down a few times before he actually then hit the canvas. Yeah. Um, as he's on the floor, so um, Piper takes ages to be sent away from him. Mr. T does get back to his feet at the count of eight, but is dropped again as the round ends. And then Piper takes a cheap shot as T is down and Orton tosses water at Mr. T in the corner. Yeah. I think collectively as well, this is the comment I took from this, uh, the Ortons are massively clocking up all of the views in all of these pro these reviews that we're doing here. Yes. that's That was what I took from this. Yeah, although I, I know which Orton you prefer. <laughs> Round three. And it ain't the dad. Round three. <laughs> And Mr. T goes back to the body and works Piper over in the corner, dropping Hot Rod. Piper is back to his feet at eight. T shoves Piper into the opposite corner and a big right drops Hot Rod. And he rolls to the floor. Yeah. Somehow he manages to get back in at the count of nine. Oh, of course. Both guys look to be blowing out of their arseholes now. Oh, my comment says, I'm bored. That's all I've written. That's fair. I'm bored. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, both of them are knackered, blowing out their arseholes. Yeah. Absolutely and, and utterly And you could tell fucked. as well. They and that's just me. Awful. That's just me. Yeah. I felt disenchanted with professional wrestling. T goes and George acts with Piper and start of round four sees Hot Rod launches stool which actually cracks Mr. T in the yeah. shin. That looked like I'm it would honest, hurt. That looks like it would hurt. Yeah, I was the annoyed. shin is not the one. I'd have been very annoyed at that. They take it in turns to throw haymakers, haymakers at each other so they just stand oh, that where they just stood their hands by their sides and just... One punch. punch the punch. other punch. Because that's what boxers oh. do. That's that's exactly what <laughs> boxers do. You see that all the time. Eventually, Piper gets the edge in this exchange, but T fires back. Big right from Piper sends Mr. T's mouthpiece flying. Oh, okay yeah. with that. Fine. T works control back, and Hot Rod is in the corner. Ref takes a bump from Piper, yeah. who then body slams Mr. T and tackles him. Everyone swarms the ring, and Mr. T is awarded the win as Piper tackles him once more. So, your thoughts on this match, Holly? Fuck me, honestly. I'm not even calling it a match. I, it just boggled me. It bored me because I couldn't actually comment on it. I felt like like it's not a wrestling match, and I'm not. I'm, I'm no pro at commenting on wrestling matches, but I've sure watched a damn sight more of them than I have boxing. That's for sure. And also, this wasn't a boxing. No. Like you I've watched boxing matches too as well. So yeah. it's like, what are you trying to achieve here? Which is have a fucking wrestling match. Yes, I think Mr. T. I get, I get that it's yeah, and I do, I do understand that point, but I just don't see how this is a main event. But to me, this is as well. This is a very bad example of it. But this is as criminals. Do you remember when we watched Rousey against uh, oh, Baszler? Yeah, and I said, "Shit, MMA, pretend MMA in right. wrestling is awful." 
give me pro wrestling give me mma don't try and yeah, give yeah. me a hybrid between the two yeah when it's clearly such a put on it's and boxing is exactly the same yeah. this was just an awful awful example of it no. but there's no real good way of doing it there's no there's no, no good there outcome no. which is my point of saying if you wanted mr t on the card again yeah team him with someone else yeah because actually you know what that match last time well, no bad. Yeah, so Hulk Hogan's doing something else. Who else is on the card that, that they could have could. put them with? Exactly. There's there's people there. Yeah, you could for get sure. someone in there. For sure. If they wanted to make a thing about it being like an African American tag team, they had Tony Atlas, who was in the um, Chicago Battle Royal later in the yes. night. He didn't really do anything in the Battle Royale. He was a known tag team competitor. He was tag team partner with Rock's dad, okay, Rocky Johnson, and was yeah. tag team champion within WWF. Do something with them. Right. Make that a thing and have it uh, those two against Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton. Yeah. Give me that over what we saw any yeah. day of the week. There were options there. I just there think was. it was so poor. And I can't believe that no one thought that it would be. No. Or if they did, it didn't get to the point where it was actually kiboshed, which it should have been. Mm-hmm. So the story for this oh, okay, yeah. is, are you familiar with a man called Dave Meltzer? Yes. So Dave Meltzer, just if you didn't know, um, is he's been reporting on professional mm-hmm. wrestling since early in the 80s massive fan very knowledgeable man he has uh, basically his ratings or what he perceives matches to be in terms of their quality is considered by a lot of fans with it it divides the the people basically they either treat it as gospel or they will just go against whatever he said because it's what he said right so dave Meltzer, any match he watches he'll give it a star rating okay between naught and five okay there's a couple matches that have actually exceeded that over recent years that have gone above five star in New Japan. So there's a Kenny Omega Okada match yes. that I think got one got six, one got seven or mm-hmm. something. I believe a Daniel Bryan match might have also oh, nice. broached that that target, which kind of makes a mockery of it being a five star system. Yeah, I'm not fussed. It is what it is. I do think it's a good measuring stick because more often than not, what Dave likes. I know that I will find something in there yeah. that will, I don't always necessarily agree with the exact end result that he yeah. comes out with, but it's a good barometer for me personally. What do you think he gave this match? Oh God. At five? Mm-hmm. One? Uh close, minus five. Oh, okay, fair. Okay, I didn't realise minus was an option. No. Okay. It isn't. And it's one of very few matches that have achieved that. In fact it might be the only match that has achieved fair. a minus five rating. Well, and I agree with Mr. something. And I agree with Mr. Meltzer. Yeah. So he's um, got like a radio show and he does a publication called The Wrestling Observer. Yeah. Which he is so notorious within the industry that he has quite a lot of strong connections with um, people that are high up in various companies. Hmm. And it depends. It's a love-hate relationship because they call them... The, so if you ever hear the dirt sheets... Yes. They're referring to him, basically. Oh. Specifically him. I mean, it's used as a wider term to cover off any basically gossip rags for, oh, for wrestling. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But he is the blueprint for oh, for that. Because he used to be, have um, phone conversations with Vince McMahon to discuss stuff. He used to have, like, an in. And then when, obviously, he puts something out there that they don't like... Right, I see. ...shut down. And yep. all the wrestlers will... They, whether they say it or not, there's promos where Hulk Hogan talks about the rags and wrestling observer and this and it's all because of him so oh, it's, okay. it's quite fascinating well that's interesting to know but at least there was that story to give you that came Thank out of you. this match we now go over to gorilla monsoon and gene oakland yeah we're now we've officially finished the first third of the show Ooh. and i would say it's the worst third. Yay. the worst third is behind us yeah because there were two abhorrent matches on that portion of the card yeah 
Vince passes over to Gorilla and Jean, who kick off the Chicago portion of the show, and we see Kathy Lee Crosby will be on commentary. She's clearly very uncomfortable and yes. is cut off early, probably for the best. Straight into another match. Oh, God, yeah. Velvet McIntyre mm-hmm. against Fabulous Moolah for the WWF <laughs> Ladies' Title. Do you know what my main concern with this match was? It was introduced with a 60-minute deadline. I knew that wasn't happening because of the length I had left, but I literally, if you could sit with me and watch me watch these, which would be fucking entertaining. I was like, are you taking the piss? 60 fucking minutes. One thing to, and this is just a guideline for future reference, <laughs> anytime they're announcing a time limit for a match, yeah. Um, whenever you hear 60 minutes, it's just because it's a title match. That's okay. the only reason it's given Right, that. thank God for that. So that is okay. the reason. Okay, I'll keep that in my head now. So if it's non-title, usually it's 30. Or 20, in some cases. Okay. They, they, or five. Like, there are some... Um, so, for example, on certain TV uh, broadcasts, I don't think WWE, but WCW, I'm sure, had it where they'd do, like, 10-minute time limits and okay. stuff like that to try and make it kind of compact. And yeah, and you would see sometimes the time limits getting, getting reached. Okay, so. it just made me nervous, but that makes sense. But now, you'll notice, any time they mention a time limit in modern WWE... It's because they're planning on hitting that time. Limit. Yes, it's like a sixty-minute Iron Man match or something. Yeah, and you're going to sixty minutes. Oh well, yeah, an Iron Man. Effectively, do you know what I mean? I, the words are probably wrong, but yeah. So an Iron Man match has to go whatever the time yeah. limit is. There's no choice. But yeah. if they're ever making a point of oh, it's an hour, and if they keep going, oh, there's only ten minutes left. Oh, there's a, it's because they're trying to they're either hitting, go to the time limit yeah. or just up to it. Yeah. So what do you think of Velvet McIntyre and Fabulous Moolah? Because we've seen Fabulous Moolah at WrestleMania 1. She's not in her Elton Gear cosplay. No, she's in a swimming Gear. costume instead. Yeah. yeah, bathing suits. Yeah. And she looks... Um, Old? Oh, try to think of the term here. Old as fuck. <laughs> I mean, I knew she was an older lady, but I didn't realise... She looks like she was born old. Oh, I didn't even... See, I didn't even Google how old she was at this point, which normally I would, wouldn't I? I would normally get a little bit into it. This one... I'll be honest, you've let me down. There's three bullet points here. I'm really sorry. I was hoping that oh. you were going to look up the age. So I was like, oh, I can look up the age. And I went, no, I won't. Oh, Holly will sorry. have No, I didn't. Sorry. Velvet McIntyre? I mean... She didn't even look like she was wearing clothes. She was that pale. Yeah. I mean, but I said that being very Irish. pale myself, but yeah. Not that pale. Yeah. It's like English rose pale, which is Irish. But yeah. same same thing applies. Yeah. So we see old lady Moolah immediately snaps Velvet over with rapid head. Why not? Old lady Moolah. That's so mean. Fine, I'll revisit that one. Fucking old lady Moolah (laughs) immediately. Rude. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'll be quiet. Okay, that's fine. We'll stick with old lady for now. Old lady Moolah immediately snaps Velvet over with rapid hair drag takedowns. Yep. Irish whip by Moolah, ironically, to the Irish woman. Oh, yeah. Who lands a stiff forearm. Second whip sees Velvet leapfrog badly. Yeah. Second, a uh, sing, uh, single leg drop kick by the Cork native as Kathy is forced at gunpoint to say how great the WWF is on commentary. That was the theme I noticed. Yeah. How good do you think this is? How you can hear like the... the yeah, exactly. Like just off screen. It's like, yeah, oh, oh they're great. Unbelievable. Yeah. This is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm flicking my bean right now, guys. Yeah. Uh, second single leg drop kick leads to a back elbow off a whip before a body slam. Velvet on the middle rope misses with a splash, nearly dragging the twins out in the process. Oh god, yeah, I did. I, to be honest, I did see her all of a sudden like grab her. Nearly saw Pinky and Perky on that occasion. Awful. 
Old Lady Moolah goes for a plank of a cover, hiding the ref's view, getting the three before kicking McIntyre's leg off the rope en route to retaining her crown. Mm-hmm. A stamp to the chest for good measure. Yeah. So she went with a Jake the Snake type yes. of pin. Just kick the leg off the, the ropes. That pin at least I understood. Yes. Because it made sense. Thank God that's short. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? It wasn't great, but it was so short I didn't even have time to register if it was bad or that's not. That's the thing. I don't mind the matches like this when they are of much shorter time frame. When they're dragged out for longer, uh, you'll get many a note saying how angry I am about so it. We've just gone from four matches to five matches like that. Yeah, so we're fine. nearing the halfway point now of this. We go from there to Monsoon, Oakland and Crosby back on the comms. Yes. Oakland suggests Crosby has had her fair share of NFL sausage and asks her how she thinks the Battle Royal will go. <laughs> she is once again forced to say how great the WWF superstars yeah. are and she doesn't know how no. the athletes of the NFL are going to compete. It's very funny. But Gene Bush goes, I don't mind telling you, you've had a bit of sausage from the gridiron. I know. <laughs> it's brilliant. Associated yourself with it. You did it in a very, yeah. very clever way, but that was very much the implication. We now go to, I know for a fact, one of your favourite people ever. Oh. Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> so oh Nikolai Volkov God. with his manager, Classy Freddie Blassie, yeah. taking on Corporal Kirshner yes. in a flag match. So you heard flag match in I Assume You Died. Yes. Um, poured another glass of wine, yeah. Wine. <laughs> well, no, by wine I mean Prosecco. Of course you do. Who do I think I am? Exactly. <laughs> Sophisticated, what's this? No. It's, oh, I just can't. So when I heard flag match, I'll be honest, my brain went straight to the Rusev John Cena. Oh, uh, yeah, one. yeah. Which, effectively, this is... Is it? Well, no. But do you know what I mean? Like, I can see the blueprint for it. Because oh, you mean he's in, in the of... army. Right. He's in the army gear. And then you've got, you know, a stereotypical portrayal of... Another nationality, and I was just like, and being different I is wrong. Don't like this. That's what and again, the crowd lobbing shit. They oh, do. They do. Um, so when I heard flag match, yeah. When I said I thought of Rusev and Cena, it wasn't because of it being yeah, yeah. American against, because that is always going to be yes, the case. Of course, it was the rules of the match. Oh yeah. And in no way, shape, or form, yeah. At any point, is it a flag match? Like as I understand it to be, it's a match. Yeah. And the winner. And walk off with, their flag. off with their flag. They walked in with their flag. Yeah, it's What's very, very confusing. Right, so we'll go into the match. Oh, good. I cannot wait. So Volkov is drowned in a sea of booze yeah. during the Soviet national anthem. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, that rendition I did earlier, that wasn't a recording of Volkov, but I could see why you thought it was, because it was pretty <laughs> on point, I'd imagine. Based on the music we hear, I expect Barney the fucking dinosaur to be Volkov's opponent. <laughs> Yeah, the music is so off. <laughs> compared to what he's meant to be portraying, yeah. it's so off. Yeah, honestly, off the mark. honestly, I was expecting the yeah. cast of Sesame Street to fucking yeah. walk out. It's like very happy, very yeah, yeah, no. And then this little keg of a man, oh yeah, comes barreling his way out. The corporal looks like he eats steak for every single meal. Yeah, every single meal with a side of eight eggs. Yes, uh-huh. and that, that he just drinks that exactly. Yep. As the bell sounds, Big Nikolai looks to hit a spinning kick to the head, but it was close to the knees, if we're being honest. <laughs> I, I love Nikolai Volkov now. He's one of my boys. Is, is He's he? one of my boys. Um, he knees Kirshner to the canvas before tossing him outside. Of course. Face first to the ring post goes the corporal. Volkov clearly missed lunch as he looks to dine on the forehead of Kirshner. Yeah. Tell you what, 
He was paying homage to George homage. the Animal Steel from oh. earlier in the evening. Back into the ring post he goes. Back in the ring now and Kirshner fires back with right hands and we see he is bladed for the business. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it was when he hit the ring post, yep. cut to the head, crack on. Standard. Speaking of blading, oh. boy, do we have a treat later on. Oh. Oh, it's... Um, Holly, oh, okay. it's unbelievable. I think you've just forgotten because... Yeah, probably. You called some of the ones that we saw in Armageddon. Yeah. If you can't call this one... I need to take a long, hard look at myself. Honestly, you need to give oh. yourself a ruddy good talking to, to be honest. <laughs> I wondered what you are going to say. A ruddy good seeing to? Yeah. Yeah, well, no. We can to arrange, myself? Yeah, we can... Oh, I'll help if you want. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm nothing if not giving... Um, so yeah, he's bladed, um, and then we see the ref takes a wild elbow from yeah. the corporal. Okay, talking about disqualifications D- earlier. Ding ding ding. Intentional or otherwise, you got yeah. absolutely yeeted. Yeah. To quote mid mid card yeah. Jay Uso. Um, so he collapses to the canvas, understandably, because it looks actually pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Kirshner then catches Blassie's cane, which oh, is actually yeah. good. Uh-huh. I like that. And cracks Volkov before making the cover. Yeah. Instead of DQing the corporal, the ref counts the three. Yeah. And I put, sorry, is this a flag match? Yeah, I know, right? Because he pins him. Yeah. And then goes to get his, the flag. And I was like, doesn't he just need to get up and get the flag? Yeah, but the, the thing is about that is that like, there are a few wrestlers that just come out with their flags anyway. Yeah. So, like, the Iron Sheik always comes out with this flag. Are we now saying that the Iron Sheik can't come out with this flag? Ironically, actually, in the matches in later, he doesn't come out with this flag. No, he doesn't. But. The point still stands. That Hacksaw means Jim it's a Duggan. Flag match. Do you know who Hacksaw Jim Duggan is? I know that name. He used to come out with like a two by four on the American flag all the time. Yeah. So any match he's in is a flag match then, surely. Yeah. Okay. So now we go to the battle royal setup. Yeah. You look concerned. I've got a note here and I don't understand what it means. Oh, we've got to hear this now. It says found the beef. Oh right, okay. This Holly. This okay. I think I sent you a message. And said, "This is the funniest thing I've ever fucking okay, seen in right. my life." Okay, I okay. I address the point. Good. Okay, because I'm like, back now, I'm like, what was I jabbering on about? I must compose myself because okay. if ever there was something that it wouldn't land as a clip, yeah. I just want to see a clip of me explaining what we're seeing as it's happening. Okay, would be lovely. Right. So, Mean Gene introduces a woman who has yeah. indeed found the beef. Oh, Clara Pella. So, this was to do with a Wendy's campaign oh, in the mid-80s. Okay. She's, where's the beef? Yeah. Okay, so this was the lady. So, I actually looked up this lady. Oh. She wasn't long for this world, unsurprisingly. So, she died, I think, the following year. Right. Um, she was an immigrant from Eastern Europe, came over, and I don't know great details beyond that, but I just yeah. wanted to be able to pinpoint exactly why she was involved right. in this. So, this old, half-melted octogenarian looks to her right, asks, Say it now! Before standing up, shouting, Where's the beef? Between Third Reich's salutes, all the while, no sound can be heard as she is saluting with the same hand she is holding the fucking microphone. I'm so confused. Yeah, that's... I mean, obviously it's, no one can hear the or see the impression you just did, but... I want yeah. I want footage of this because it is ludicrous. Yeah. And it's under 10 seconds, but she is she is saluting as she's... While holding uh, the microphone. Yeah, so the microphone that isn't nothing. turned on, which is probably for the best, yeah. because what would you have heard? Well, uh, well, yeah. Just brilliant. I, I honestly rewound and watched that four times. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. God. So thank you. So... 
Clara Pella, you will always have a special place in my heart for your involvement from finding the beef and being at WrestleMania 2. God bless you. Right. So after that, (laughs) we get Dick Butkus. I'm sorry. Who? Who? Is is that his name? Dick Butkus. Is that a real name? Yeah, he's the coach of the Chicago Bears, wasn't he? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Not my team. No, but he was, That's yeah. That's honestly brilliant. Dick Butkus. Brilliant. This yeah. is how little I was enjoying this whole programme, because I found small little ways for me to enjoy myself, and Dick Butkus was one of them. There is no part of his name that is unpleasing. No. It delivers every time. Yep. So, Dick Butkus of the Chicago Bears and Two Tall Jones of the Dallas Cowboys uh, follow after we see yep. uh, Clara Pella finish her bit. And now we go to the Battle Royal. Yeah, so just. As I mentioned in the monologue, it was a big, big achievement to get some of the people that they did in, especially one particular player who was getting a, a bit of a following at the time. Oh, okay. So, I I this, so that Bill Freilich we saw earlier, who I think he was Rookie of the Year at the Falcons, so that was a big, big get, but it wasn't nearly as big as William the Refrigerator. That's who I was thinking of, because they were fixated on him. Yeah, so it was in Chicago, obviously he's part of the Super Bowl winning team with them, he's got a massive, that's like, let's say doing, well actually it's a bit difficult, I'm trying to use a football term, I'm trying to think of like, okay, so a city where there's only one football team, so let's say Newcastle, and Alan Shearer. Yeah. coming out and doing something. That's the reaction he okay. would get. I couldn't say London because there's too many teams yeah, so in London. Many. You'd get yeah, people yeah. booing them. So, the Battle Royale. So, I made a list of everyone's name. Oh, good, because I made four and then I wrote, um, I can't bother doing this. It's too fast. I don't know who they are. So, we start with uh, some good names in here as well. Jimbo Cobert. Yep. Pedro Morales. Yeah. Tony Atlas, who He's I mentioned earlier. stacked. Mm. Still alive now. Wow. He was the guy that um, tried to help um, Bruiser Brody after he was stabbed in the... Showers. Do you remember I was telling you about oh, the story of Bruiser Brody? Yes. Tony Atlas was the guy that tried to save oh, him wow. in the showers. Oh. Ted Arcidi, Harvey Martin, who I got very confused because I was thinking Steve Martin. Oh. When yeah. he said it. Very different people. Dan Spivey, Hillbilly Jim. I like him. Hillbilly Jim. Brilliant. Of course you do. Brilliant character. Yep. King Tonga, Iron Sheik, Ernie Holmes, B. Brian Blair, Jumping Jim Brunzel, Big John Studd, Bill Freilich, Brett Hart, Jim Neidhart. Ross Francis, Bruno Sammartino, William the Refrigerator Perry, and Andre the Giant. Okay, so I was happy to see the Heart Foundation. I knew who they were. First time we've seen them on a yes. an episode. I was happy, like, I knew who they were. I was like, brilliant. But, question. Yep. Bruno Sammartino. I thought he didn't want to come... So, WrestleMania, he didn't want to be there. He was there because it gave his son the platform to be there. I know, obviously, there's a length of time between WrestleMania 1 and 2, but he came out and I was like, how is he here? I think, again, from WWF, I don't know if David San Martino was still on the books. Right. But they wanted to have Bruno San Martino actually compete yeah. in a match on a WrestleMania show. Okay. And this was Bruno's last hurrah right, in the WWE. Okay. So he fell out with them massively over the years. And he and was only... of age. Yeah, like, he was. But you very... can still tell, again, he was in good shape oh, for, for sure. that age. Um, but yeah, he only kind of rekindled the relationship with the company when Triple H started having more of an input oh, really? into who goes into the Hall of Fame because Bruno said, I don't want to go in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's and interesting. Yeah, so that was how, how basically his last hurrah for the company. Yeah. So how are your notes on this, by the way? Um, concise. That's one way of saying <laughs> not many, isn't it? <laughs> There's some. It's For me, this was hard... 
this was hard to note because for me also i don't know who a lot of these people are Fair. give me one of these in like maybe 2000 and onwards then that's i can pinpoint stuff yeah but a lot of people i didn't know who they were until they got eliminated and also for me there also wasn't a lot going on it was kind of here's four people in a corner here's four people in that corner here's andre the giant in that corner and there's these people in that corner. You might be surprised to know. I've just quickly gone through the names to see who you would know. Seven of these people. Yeah. Which is nearly half the field, so it's not too bad. Yeah. But having said that, if we hadn't done WrestleMania one, exactly. that number falls down by more. It, I'd probably know like three people. So, out of the ones we've got here, the ones that yes. you'll be familiar with, Iron Sheik. Yes. You'll be aware of Big John Stud. Well, only because of yeah. But you'll still be aware of Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart. Yeah, I know them. Yeah. Bruno Sammartino, because Again, of WrestleMania yeah. 1. William the Refrigerator Perry, I think you'll have heard of. You'll have heard of the name. Yeah. From I couldn't have picked <clears> him out of a lineup. No, but that's fair. I knew the name, yeah. In passing, and Andre the Giant. Yeah, that's it. So, as the match starts, I need to stop saying so. I need to think of a different Sorry. word to go into it. Well then. No, no that's <laughs> no, stupid. No, something wrong yeah. So, Big Cat Ernie Ladd joins the commentary team, and God help my notes. Yeah. So, Big Cat Ernie Ladd... I, I did so again. Big Cat Ernie Ladd is a former professional wrestler and NFL player. Oh, okay. So out of the NFL season, he used to do wrestling. And it turns oh, out clever. wrestling used to be a bigger earner than pro football back in the day. Wow. So he's got um, a stake. or well, not a gravitar, but he's got a reason to be on commentary. Oh, yeah, it makes least. sense. And he was a tall guy. He's like 6'9", something like that. He's okay. a big lad. We hear Gorilla finally say it's a happening and the drinking it's game starts again. yeah. As a selection of men try to eliminate the fridge immediately. Yes. I mean, usually these guys are fighting to get to a fridge, not fighting to get rid of the fridge, is what <laughs> I've noted. We see uh, King Tonga and Jimbo Cobert grapple each other to early eliminations. Yep. So King Tonga, you might have heard of the wrestler Haku. Mm, no. Legitimate tough guy. I mentioned him before he bit the nose off someone Ooh, in a fight. Yes. That's King yes. Tonga. I told you my memory is shite. No, but I like the fact I get to jog it occasionally. Yep. So yeah, King Tonga and Jimbo Cobert are early eliminations. This makes me happy. Less things for me to look at when yeah. I'm making notes. Bruno Sammartino powers Ernie Holmes out in the corner. That's another one. Fine, yeah. So the first, uh, or sorry, two of the first three eliminations have been footballers that have gone. Okay. Jumping Jim Brunzel is the next to go, but the cameras miss who eliminates him. But I think it was Bill Frelick, maybe, potentially. William Perry sends Tony Atlas back to the showers, charges him in oh, the corner, yeah. dumps him. Which is my point. Tony Atlas didn't really do anything no. in this match. You could use him elsewhere. Pedro Morales. So I've mentioned his name. Yeah. Again, he'll mean nothing to you, really. Yep. But after Bruno Sammartino um, had his long first reign as WWF champion, yeah. when he left and dropped the belt uh, in short turnaround time to... I can't remember who it was, to be fair. I think it was a Russian. I just can't remember his name. Um, the person that took it off him was Pedro Morales. And Pedro right. Morales had like a three, four year Jesus. reign with the title as well. And again, it's playing on that immigrant background in the territory. So WWWF, oh, yes, you New said York, last strong, time, didn't you? Mm -hmm. strong immigrant community. So Bruno played to the Italians. And I think he had a Jewish background as well. So he was big, big in both those areas. And Pedro Morales was like Puerto Rican. So, I mean, you've been to New York. There's yeah. Puerto Rican heavy areas yeah. in New York. So, again, it worked towards that demographic, mm -hmm. the Latino audience. But Pedro Morales and Harvey Martin both topple over the top to the floor. Yes. So he doesn't really do much of note in here. Ted Arcidi is dumped by Sheiky Baby. <laughs> and Spivey, before Sheik back body drops uh, Spivey out too. So Sheik's picking up some of the, the eliminations here. 
Sheiky Baby is clearing house as he eliminates both Hillbilly Jim and B. Brian Blair. Sheik with another as he and Stud eliminate the actual Stud that is Bill Freilich. Oh, yeah. I'm calling him the actual Stud because yeah. he's a handsome boy. Really handsome boy. It's like, yeah. I, I was questioning myself yeah. looking at him. He's like a proper 80s heartthrob. Jock, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I bet he's a prick as well. He really looked like a prick. <laughs> and that's why, since I saw him, I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So San Martino then ducks a wild right from the Sheik and elevates him out of the contest. I quite like San Martino getting rid of the Sheik yeah. because Sheik was clearing house looking really yeah. good. The old legend still got it in him. Yeah. Dumps the Iron Sheik. That was nice. Big fan. John Studd pokes the living legend in the eye to save elimination before dumping Bruno. Like, oh, you can yeah. hear the audience are a bit like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Down to six now. Yes. William Perry charges and tackles the Hart Foundation over the top, but neither man hit the floor. I liked that. I thought I that did. was good, and I was like, "Oh, they're still in. Good. Yep. The elastic on the fridge's girdle explodes at that point. Yes. Like, it was, I think it's a singlet he's got under there, but it ripped open. He charges John Studd, sending him into the corner. Second attempt is met with a back elbow, yeah. and Studd hip-tosses the fridge out of the match, and I think that actually looked really it good. It did look good, yeah. And I think... Uh, William the refrigerator Perry did very well in getting himself over the rope in such a believable way yes all that work was him but it made John Studd look really good yeah what I would like to ask is what in the ever loving fuck was that guy trying to do jumping underneath William the refrigerator Perry as he hit the floor outside yeah I don't I didn't understand that just a weird fan just trying to save him from okay let's say you get underneath him then what well apart from his death yeah stupid honestly so yeah, some dipshit outside tries to dive underneath Perry to save him. The man is three hundred pounds. Fucking idiot. Perry offers a handshake, but like a bitch, uses it to pull John Studd to the floor. Don't like that. No, I hate. I really don't like things like that. Yeah, because John it's... Studd comes out of that looking like he should have sympathy. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, in later, much later years, like if you get a battle royal or. I don't even know if a Royal Rumble someone's done it. A hundred percent. Someone's eliminated someone, just fucking goes back in. Goes back in the ring, tips them out, and then walks out and goes, if I'm out, you're out. No, that's, that's bad losing to me. Like, yeah, hundred percent. There's, there's a few Rumbles that stuff has happened yeah. like that. There's one where it's the last elimination of the match. A handshake ends it. Oh. And it's, we'll get, obviously we'll okay. cover this Rumble show at some point, but it just didn't land the way that obviously they were intending it right, to when I they see. did it. Double drop kick by the Hart Foundation sends Andre into one of his favourite spots. Oh, I've, oh no, so John Studd has gone out, so that's fine. So we are down to three now, aren't yes. we? Yes. So, yeah, the, the Hart, Hart Foundation. Foundation and Andre. Oh, no, four. There's still one American footballer in there. Oh. I've bypassed him, I'll be honest. No, we still I don't have, know who no we're good. So, double drop kick by the Hart Foundation sends Andre into one of his favourite spots where he falls into the ropes, tangles up yeah. his arms. That's a classic yeah. Andre the Giant spot. It's a nice little rest place. Yes. Then we see Russ Francis, which sounds like a comedian's name to me, okay. is eliminated by the Hart Foundation. And like Stud, Francis nearly beheads himself as he goes over the top rope and guillotines his neck yeah. on the bottom rope. Down to three. Foundation work over the giant in the corner, but Andre fires back. I say fires back. Brett is whipped by the anvil right into a size 24 poot, a boot. <laughs> 24 boot, boot. Which looked really good. Yes, Because Brett went down hard. Yes. Andre grabs the beard of the anvil and delivers a yep. noggin knocker between the Heart Foundation. A noggin knocker. That's what it's called. Aww. B. 
Big boot by the Giants, just about. Somehow eliminates Neidhart, who runs scrambling he, to the ropes yeah, and throws himself out. Yeah. And then we see Brett, as that's happening, climbing up the ropes, gets mm-hmm. to the top. Andre presses Brett. When I say presses, he kind of balances him on his head. Yeah. Um, like he's collecting water for the village. Walks to the edge of the ropes and then throws him out on top of the anvil. Yeah. Oh, quite a good ending, yeah, actually. Yeah, fine. I... I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Andre the Giant is your winner, and they make a point on commentary of saying he's won the most battle royals of anyone in professional wrestling ever. Which I assume is why battle royals are now called. They're Mm. not. And then what am I thinking of? You're thinking of what they do at WrestleMania. Is that what that is? The Andre the Giant, where they get the trophy. Yes, but that's yeah. specifically... Oh, it's for him. Right, okay. It's not every single one. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. It'd be like every time they had like loads of people in a ring, it'd be called a Royal Rumble. So no, it's... Okay, separate. makes sense. But yeah. We go back to uh, Vince and Susan <laughs> yep. as they interview Piper. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. It's honestly... Piper says, had he known it were a picnic, he would have packed a lunch. So weird. He thought this was a fight, and just as he got to the fighting, it was called off. Piper doubles down of the Indian haircut comment and painting himself black, but mentions gnarly bristles being rubbed in his eyes as well. Mr. T using his head to try and gain an advantage. Jesus. Uh, He then cracks on with Susan a little bit before saying he was stepping on T's tongue and then makes a very questionable noise. I'm going to say he whoops, but it certainly sounds like it's trying to be, to me, might be wrong, might be off base on my part. Sounds like he's making a monkey noise. Oh. So he goes to the camera and goes, Whoop! Oh, okay. Like that. And it's after he's just said all the other stuff. So maybe yeah. I'm associating yeah, that probably, incorrectly. Yeah, probably, but you never know. It's, but I know it's very mean. uncomfortable viewing, isn't it? Very uncomfortable. Yes. From there, Oakland interviews the Battle Royal participants. Jimbo Cobert, the moaning bitch, says he was cheated. Iron Sheik says wrestlers were better and had... Jim Min! <laughs> first thing he says and then goes into his... Diatribe saying that if Volkov had been in the match, they would definitely have won. Oh, of course. Back to Gorilla, and we hear him say, action personified for the eighth time of the evening. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But just, it's just action, action personified. personified. <laughs> yeah. New drinking game, question mark? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we go into a match. Yes. So, I just realised I've been knocking the fuck out of the microphone Ooh. on that bit, so hopefully that doesn't come across too badly. Tag team title match. Yes. Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake with luscious Johnny Valiant mm-hmm. taking on the British Bulldogs with Captain Lou Albano and Ozzy Osbourne. I really like this. I enjoyed it. Absolutely really enjoyed it. This was match of the night. For sure. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Yep. Even literally two minutes in, I was like, this has far surpassed anything I've seen so far. I've got a question for you, though. Ooh. Uh Where do you think Ozzy Osbourne thought he was? <laughs> <laughs> wonderful pantsuit wonderful pantsuit lovely raiding uh, Sharon's wardrobe right. to get there we hear Lord Hayes oh he's mentioned yeah his first mention yes. after Oakland lies and says that Ozzy is from Manchester it's not from Manchester is he I don't know he's, he's from in Brummie yeah Birmingham yeah Birmingham yeah Birmingham. Sharon yeah. yeah Birmingham and then they say that Lord Alfred's from Windermere Windermere and Fitz. I looked Fitz. I looked it up he is. he is. He is from yeah, Windermere. It fits. I was just so happy he got a shout out. So Holly, what do you yes. know about the Dynamite Kid? And is this your first time seeing him in a match? Yes, it is, actually. So I was a little bit confused because to me, British... So they're the British Bulldogs. Correct. And I was confused because I only know the British Bulldog, mm-hmm. which is Davy Boy, right? Correct. 
so I, w I did do some googling and I was like honestly so confused and then I fell into like a little bit of a black hole reading about the dynamite kid and how he's he says that his wrestling ability put him in a because he was a, he was in a wheelchair wasn't he in later life and he, a lot of abuse and all that sort of stuff and I was like I cannot get into this because I'll stop I'll stop for about an hour so, watching this but it was interesting because I thought yeah Bulldog I was like there's only one of them so Dynamite two. Kid is actually related to mm -hmm. I think they are actually cousins yes um, Dynamite Kid broke onto the scene early did a lot of work in Canada uh, for Stu Hart Bret Hart's dad's oh, company okay. Stampede Wrestling he did a lot he helped innovate the Super Junior style in Japan so light heavyweight yeah. fast-paced wrestling he was um, a massive proponent of that and went over very well in japan his style certainly to a u.s audience was far ahead of its time yes it i don't know how to actually use my words and portray this but his style of wrestling is very much so i think what a lot of it reminds me a lot effectively of the only person i can think of right now is i, I don't even think that's a good comparison no i can't but it's like they're strong but also they're nimble Please say who you were going to say. I was going to say Seth Rollins, but that's not... Okay, he yeah. was just... To be honest, there's so many of them now. It's Which, just... Do, no, go on. Do you know who he inspired? Who? Like, who always says that he was his idol and he tried to be exactly like him? Chris Benoit. Okay. I can, can see Yeah, it. I can see the body shape as well is... Similar frame, similar, similar intensity. Course, yeah. yeah. And so Tom Billington, yeah. as you said, his uh, high-impact-based yeah. offence caused his body to break down on him way before it should have done but yes. also a lot of drug abuse in yeah, there yeah. has got to be factored into how he declined certainly at the rate he did he had personality disorder issues yes i was um, reading about that as well where actually. he was very violent to his his mm -hmm. wife at the time who they, they split etc um and he alienated himself from pretty much everyone yeah and he was very much alone when it all came crashing down in the end um, and I don't think he died too, too long ago, actually, when you consider it. No, I mean, all, the like, all the news stories and the stuff I was reading were all, yeah, fairly, not so, recent, but do you know what I mean? Like, they weren't... I think it was potentially since the pandemic. Yeah. Um, or just around about that time, which is mad when you think that David Boy Smith died in 2000 or 2002. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, so it's, as well as when you know the way what happened with Chris yes. Benoit... And the similarities and parallels mm -hmm. of how they both broke down. This that it's yeah, it's worrying. But if we're looking at him as what he did in the ring, yes, really good. Yes, yeah, so he good. Was, he was a very sh hot tempered man as well. Mm -hmm. Like he would have roid rage relentlessly, yeah. and he would get himself a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. He got knocked out a few times in fights as well, but he also did a lot of damage. Yeah. himself. It was yeah. quite a scary time to be the, around the dynamite quit, uh, kid in the WWF locker room. Okay, but. Back Ooh. into the match. Yes. David Boy and Valentine start. Collar yeah. and elbow tie up. David Boy powers the hammer down. So this is your second time seeing Greg the Hammer Valentine as well. Yes. They trade and blows. Beefcake. Oh, and beefcake. Yeah. I was just thinking you seem more Sorry, confused yeah, was... with Greg last time we saw yes. him than you did with Brutus. But you're right. Yeah, we yeah. saw him too. They trade blows until Greg hits a double leg but misses with an elbow drop. Yep. Arm ringer by Davy. Hip tossed by the hammer, but miss he misses a fist drop, as I think is what he was going for. Davey tags in Dynamite, so now it's yeah. kind of Octane's picking up a little bit. Dynamite hits a couple of stiff shots before helping Valentine Timber to the canvas, which is now becoming a Greg Valentine spot yes. in matches. 
Kid hits the ropes at a blistering pace. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit the ropes that quick, ever. Even now. Yeah. Like, it, he was running like he was angry at the ropes. He tackles Greg, knocks him off his feet. Stomps in the corner, followed by a snap suplex and elbow drop by Dynamite Kid. Love a snap suplex, yes. especially with Dynamite Kid doing it. Yeah. Do you know who else did a snap suplex? Chris Benoit. Oh, okay. So, and uh, the top rope diving headbutt. Yes, obviously that one I know, yeah. Dynamite Kid. David back in, and a power suplex on Valentine I at like the that. third time of asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hammer takes a powder, goes outside, and they're making a point on commentary of saying, why is he not looking to tag out? He's been in this match the whole time. Yeah. Tag out. But he doesn't. David Boy reverses a whip in the corner, but Valentine rebounds with a clubbing blow, dropping Davy. Headbutt to the bollocks. Surely no one wins there. <laughs> yes. Disqualification again? Yeah. But the ref was going, no, it's the groin. It's yeah. the groin. He yeah. headbutted him in the groin. He didn't. Face first to dick is what he got there. Arm ringer by Brutus, so Brutus is now tagged in. Brutus slowing down the pace, but Davey Boy hits an impressive press slam to escape. Dynamite back in with a charging clothesline and chop before a small package gets a two. Do you want to get your laugh in here? Or? I do like that. No, you do. Davey Boy, now the legal man, and he hits a lovely fisherman suplex that gets a two yes. again. Beefcake edges his way to the corner, and Valentine tags and takes the fight. And takes takes the fight takes flight with an axe handle. Big suplex follows. Chin lock by the hammer, but Davy Boy gets the tag. Dynamite and Valentine trade quick blows. Uh, Dynamite is unrelenting with shoulder blocks in the corner, like mm-hmm. really tenacious driving again yeah. and again and again. Double shoulder tackle by the Bulldogs. Delayed sunset flip by Dynamite, and I yeah. originally put Davy Boy because actually I kind of lost track a little bit of making was, notes. Yeah. Um, and when I say delayed sunset flip, it wasn't the action was delayed. It was the way that Greg Valentine tried to fight it, but yes. he eventually keeled over yeah. from it. From here, it's I was about to say the action breaks down, but it's not quite yet, to be fair. So Valentine just about kicks out. A backbreaker follows to the hammer. And then Gene says, Ozzy Osbourne is shaking at ringside. Yeah. Yes, he is. Wow. Yes, always. That's not really news. That's just. I don't know if him. he would have been back then, but. No, yeah, but he's buzzing off his tits on something. Oh, There's of no way he's pissing Absolutely. clean. No way he's pissing clean. Off his nut on cocaine, is what I put here. Really unique pile driver by the hammer. It's almost like a reverse tombstone. Yeah. But that only gets I, a two. Yeah. I, that looks like a match ender to me, especially back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the intention when he went up and just went, oh, I'm not going to sit back, so I'm just going to. Go forward. Go forwards. So it looks like he was debating what yeah. to do with him up there because I was waiting for a reversal or something yes. that never came. Dynamite defends an attempt by Valentine of jumping on top by getting his shins into the hammer's groin, mm-hmm. which is what again, sorry, when the ref starts yeah. signalling that it was groin rather than uh, penis. Press slam off the top rope by Dynamite and the action breaks down as the beefer comes in, as oh, they yeah. called him on tag, on tag, on commentary. Valentine rolls out to avoid a press slam headbutt tag team combo so I think Davy Boy a military press dynamite kid above his head and was walking across yes. to drop him that would have been cool that would have been cool yeah but again I was like that's so impressive to me like, yeah very much so they, between the two of them it just looks like it comes at ease mm-hmm. like they are you can tell by their physiques that they are strong but it was just like the way he just like boom, literally full on presses him up there and I'm just like this is nice yeah. so I like it 
Yeah, it's like um, acrobats that you see like on Go Britain's yeah, Got yeah. Talent, and they just completely just jump up onto each other's shoulders and head, all that sort of all stuff. That kind yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Valentine then kicks out of the running pool, uh, power slam by the Bulldog, which used to be his yeah, finish. Okay. I don't know if it was at this point, but it definitely used to be. David Boy gets his shoulder worked over after hitting the ring post. Yeah. Brilliant snapmare reversal by Brutus, which I've not seen before. So he had a hammerlock on Bulldog. I think Bulldog grabbed the back of yes, his head. Yes, I really liked that. And as he went to jump up, Brutus went, nope, and just yeah. shoved him forward so he landed on his back. Yeah, clever. And they said it on commentary. They went, oh, what a unusual manoeuvre. Yeah. It was very good. Valentine then hits a running shoulder breaker, but picks Davy Boy's head off the canvas before the three. Yeah. That would be a mistake. Yeah. Because I was thinking, why would you do that? Just win the match. Well, it's yeah. not like you were dominating. No, absolutely not. It's like, obviously, we're comparing that with the Dean Malenko Lita incident yeah. we saw last week. That made That's sense. That's a bit different. Yeah, that does make sense. This, If you're not powering this match, mm. get the pin. I don't know what Dynamite thought he was doing here, but he starts standing on the second rope, and as he's mm. leaning over, he cracks skulls with a hammer and goes absolutely proper, flying. Proper cracked. Goes flying off and lands on the concrete on and, the floor. And doesn't come back for quite some time. David Boy falls on top of Valentine for the cover, and we have new tag team champions. I actually really enjoyed that. I thought it was really good. But yeah, I was concerned about this headbutt, because the other guy just... He's not there. And he doesn't actually make it into the ring until someone visibly fought, like gets him on his feet. So I'm there's two schools of thought for me on this. Yeah. Firstly, I that is how the ending was supposed to happen. I get that. In the, initially, was it a case of he actually got hit harder than he thought yeah. and he busted his head open legitimately? Or did he fall Do down to the floor? Was saying, I just don't understand the point of what that would be. The match is finished. Well, that's the only reason why yeah. I'm thinking, did that actually yeah. happen? Because it seems like no point. True. So I'm going to say he actually busted. But there's no... Greg didn't have anything on his head. No. True. So not True. necessarily doesn't mean they both have to crack their heads open, no. but that's what made me think it was a blade job. No, so I'm going to say it was a blade job. Okay. I liked that much. I liked also the... It's very boring for me, but aesthetically it was very pleasing. Mm-hmm. They're both... The Bulldogs are both in the same gear. Baby blue. Which is very nice. Obviously a bit of, you know, patriotism in the colours. And the flag. Yeah, exactly. I just really enjoyed it. And then even the opposite team, like, they both looked different, but it was different to... The, the pale blue. It was nice. It was yeah. nice for my eyes, for my brain. So we have a bit of uh, post-tag team match uh, shenanigans or yeah. activity. So Luscious Johnny hits the ref out of the ring because reasons. Ozzy mm-hmm. uh, and Albano lift the titles like they're the champs. Yeah, that was weird. And, oh, oh that, it's that guy. I didn't mention him before. Elastic Band out yep. of the mouth, man. Mm-hmm. Captain Lou. So Captain Lou has a full-on seizure being interviewed about having managed 16 World Tag Team Champions. He's literally shaking, shaking like a shitting dog. Um, and then I said he's, he looks so odd, in fact, he makes Ozzy look well-adjusted Yeah. by comparison. And then Ozzy gets asked what he thought. He goes, Ah, oh, it's fantastic, man. British Bulldogs forever! <laughs> <laughs> and then just goes completely good. placid again. Yeah. Uh, Davey Boy confirms the Bulldogs I will stay no in the US. I hope no one had that in their ears, by the way. That's, I've just looked at how loud that was. Someone's going to go deaf. That's fine. <laughs> it would be worth... And they would have known that it would have been the sacrifice they needed to make the to listen to this. The last thing they would have heard was your Ozzy Osbourne impression. Ozzy Osbourne in this particular thing, because it doesn't sound like he does now. No, He's more like, oh, the fucking ball line, and yeah. like that now, where, yeah, there was very different. That's very funny. Davey Boy, as I said, confirms that the Bulldogs will stay in the US after winning the titles, which apparently was 
right. up for debate. Because okay. they did used to travel between Japan and the States a lot. And I think that might have had something to do with the fact that they were given the title so they knew the company was going to do something with them. They yeah. agreed to stay with the company long term. Now, we go back to Vince Ains, uh, Ained and Susan St. James once more. That seems to be a ongoing thread yeah. of this show. Uh, Vince clearly trying to buy time as they transition to the LA yes. portion of the show. Yes. Very much trying to buy time because mm-hmm. he's repeating the same words over mm-hmm. and over again and then again yeah. and then repeats it in a different way but says the same thing effectively yeah. about the cage match. It's going to be in a cage yep. for the world title in a cage match. You might as well just say. It's like Tracy telling us we're just having, We're just having a little chat while they set up. You know, while we before we transition over to such. No, you can't let know what's on, actually surely. going on. It's wrestling. Surely. No, you can't know anything that's happening in wrestling at any time. Oh, but now we go to the LA portion of events. Yes, we do. I was so happy by the time we got here. So Jesse Ventura kicks things off, and there is our boy. He's there. Lord Alfred Hayes and Elvira too. My guy. Mm. <laughs> what do you think about Elvira being there? I don't know who that is. Well, I'm assuming some sort of vampire looks like a porn star let's be That's honest all, it reminded me of Friends um, you know the episode where Phoebe's sister does porn yes and she's Buffet the, the vampire, vampire layer yeah. Yeah. and it just gave me those vibes yes very much so that's a great reference Thank by the you. way very good um, so Jessie says what a pair we make and Elvira laughs pointing at her tits oh because <laughs> he said Elvira's here too what a pair we make and she goes Ha 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 ha. Just pointing at her knockers, which are close to falling out. Yeah, fair. Straight into a match. Yep, straight in. So this is match nine. Are we on now? Uh, Yeah. Yes, it's it's getting there. Yeah. Hercules Hernandez. Yeah. Against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Hang on. Where are we going with this? (laughs) I'll be honest. It's slim pickings, but like, I'm not shallow. I'm really not. I do come across as being very shallow in this, I'm aware. But you know me outside of this. I do. I'm not. But I'll be honest, this was slim pickings. I needed to find something moderately entertaining. This guy looked attractive to me before he took off his Hercules gear and then I was then they started wrestling. I was like, nah, we're we're here. He his hair this probably because it was a bit wild and kind of yeah. curly looked alright. Yeah all the stuff off this is normally already. slicked and yeah. still cut is crap um, so Hercules Hernandez was a, another early death wrestling oh, really? story steroid abuse uh, heart failure okay. that is basically what did him in and God. you could tell looking at the shape of well, him that yeah. he, was, he was on it yeah for sure so as soon as the bell sounds Hernandez starts clubbing away at the dragon Steamboat face first off the top turnbuckle as he's staggering around the ring blindly Two baseball slides by the dragon as he avoids the powerhouse before he connects with double chops. Yep. We then see the best arm drags in the business, bar none, that Ricky Steamboat does. He hits two of them here. Arm ringer by the dragon, working over the arm of Herc. So I might Ooh, call Herc okay, now. yeah, fair. Leapfrog by the big man, which was good. And a slight miscommunication as Ricky flips through a sidewalk slam and hits a kick. That something it, didn't... It's something, yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, it was odd. Another arm drag, and the dragon works over the left arm for a sustained period, like, very long. And yes. given it's a Ricky Steamboat match, I wasn't expecting this in a Steamboat match. Okay. He's good. Yeah. And I felt like he was very much working within the limits of what WWF wanted him to do. Right, okay. Because it didn't feel like a Steamboat match to me at all. Herc punches his way free, but gets halted on a whip with a chop. Two leapfrog frogs and a back elbow follow. 
Suplex by Steamboat and back to an arm lock before Hercules clotheslines his way out. Yeah. Good way of getting out of there. Delayed guillotine over the top rope by Hercules when it looked like he we would see a bear hug. And I think yeah. Steamboat made the noise as if he was put in a bear hug. Mm-hmm. And then Hercules went, then, oh no, I'm dropping you over yeah. here. But we're too far away, so let me get over there. Steamboat goes for a body slam but can't hold the weight and Hernandez just falls on top of him. Yeah. Big right hands by Hercules as Elvira says the violence is even getting to her. <laughs> really? Save that for the main event, surely. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so obviously she needs to say something. Big back elbow and a standing elbow drop as Hercules slows the pace considerably. Mm-hmm. Not that it was massively quick right. in the first place. Press slam falls to bits as Hercules almost drives Steamboat into the canvas. Like So he goes up and then kind of drops him forward. And even the commentary at our host is like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, which is Aww. basically their way of saying it's shit. Second press slam, though, is good. Yes. Up top and Hercules takes flight but lands on the knees of the waiting dragon. Of course. Then it's Steamboat's turn to go up top and he connects with a flying crossbody and we see the one, the two and the three. Which, I'll be honest, I was expecting. Because mm-hmm. why would you? Why would he not have that win? Yeah. The crowd are going to love it. Mm-hmm. This one was odd to me though. The before Not the match, but the arena was looked so different to all the others because the crowd are so much further away from the ring in this yeah. one. And it kind of, for me made it feel like I don't know like the others give an independent vibe for me because they're so close to the ring but the crowd are there you can hear them you can see them if they're entertained but this one I was like they're so far away and because the light is so bright on the ring and it's dark around the crowds I was like you could get away with no one actually being there well I actually said uh, earlier in the show that I thought it looked like the Los Angeles arena was really sparsely populated um Later on, actually, I didn't notice it when it was in the uh, the co-main event. Yes. I thought that you could see a lot of people there, but for this particular moment, yeah. I was like, are people still like turning up and getting their seats yeah. or toilet break? Know. What was it? Or maybe they didn't weren't aware that their portion of the show was about to start, so they yeah, buggered off and then missed their cue to come back on time. And I think for the first time in the evening as well, we go straight from one match to another. Yeah. This made me want to kill myself. Oh, wow. No, honestly. This made me... Actually, no, I tell that back. This made me want to never watch wrestling ever again. There you go. So here we have adorable Adrian Adonis against Uncle Elmer. What the fuck was this? I didn't... Again, you're... I know I'm angry at you. Yeah. But what, honestly, what the fuck was this? Just to be clear, it might come as a surprise to you. I didn't put this show together. No, but like... Did you know this was coming? No, I'd forgotten. Did you? Okay. Cool. I remember. So when you got there, I'm sure you were just as angry as I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, it wasn't even the least offensive match on the most offensive match on the card for me. No. Uh, the Animal Steel and Savage one, I remember being awful. I forgot the match was on the card. Then as yeah. soon as it got to it, it, went, "Oh my god, this!" Okay. And I knew the boxing match was the shit one. Yeah. So those two, I knew about this it's one. Just... This one wasn't as bad as them because there was at least things I could take out of this that I enjoyed. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll explain it. Oof. So. Right, Holly, yeah. what do you make of Adrian Adonis? Well, I honestly don't understand any of this. Why? Why? So Adrian Adonis yeah. was actually a very good worker and okay. was a legitimate tough guy. Really? Yeah, he was big into, I think, uh, motorcycles and he was okay. a bit... I think one of the characters he had back in the day was he was a bit of a biker and right. like, a tough guy, okay. rugged. Who was, and he was legitimately like quite a tough guy. I think... Um, he had quite a few fights as well and it was quite 
contrasting to see him put in a character like this, yeah. which is almost like gorgeous George, who I've referred to from yes. like the 30s, etc., turned up to 12. Um, this was one of the worst. And to be fair, looking at it aesthetically, Adrian Adonis was never in like a toned yeah. guy, but he's always like a bit of a keg, I'd say. Yeah. But the wheels had really started falling off him. Really good family okay. man, apparently. Like, he loved his kids and yeah. with his wife, stuff like that. But in wrestling, he was a bit of a wild card. Like, lots of drugs, like cocaine, oh. all the time, binges, all this kind right. of stuff. Obviously a big eater, as you can tell. <laughs> and uh, having him in this character was so stark contrast to what he was like as a person. Now, my next question for you is, what do you think of Uncle Elmer? I just thought I was watching some, like, comedy sketch. Mm. I'll be honest. Yeah. I... I'd lost the will mm-hmm. to be interested. I know they needed to make sure there were peaks and troughs, but my D- God. Fuck me, this was a trough. The crowd chant a very unflattering homophobic slur towards Adrian after he enters the ring. I won't even... say the word, but no. it begins with F. Oh, right. Great. Right. Um, that was a thing in the 80s God. that was uh, yeah. the done thing to do. Uh, I did say that Adonis looks like he ran through the maternity section of Macy's and this is what came out the other side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As well as the makeup counter as well. Good God. Honestly. Who was doing his makeup? Lita from Armageddon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Funny. Elmer wastes little time with some big punches. I'm being mm-hmm. generous with my descriptions here. And we see just how good at selling Adonis is. You have to give him credit. Mm. I know you think overselling and stuff like that. but it, And it was overselling, but yes. it was good overselling for me. I didn't hate it. I'm, I'm sure you have a very different take on it. This whole match, but the way he ragdolled around the ring yeah, for a guy yeah. of that size, very, yeah. very impressive. Not only that, the big man is agile as he flips upside down in the corner off a whip, so he nearly does the Rick yeah, spot. yeah. And but I saw that and I was like, Ooh, oh, yeah, because he kind of yeah. flopped a little bit too soon. Big clothesline from Elmer, who is such a colossal mess that he falls over on his beef tenders as well. <laughs> yes, I saw that. I was like, oh, it doesn't really have the same effect when you no. fall over as well. And the crowd laughed. They did. Oh, that's painful. When the crowd are laughing, that's got to be no, one of the oh worst things. No, oh my God, things. I'd be more... T- I'd rather be booed yeah. than laughed at. They'll shout bullshit or something. Yeah, don't fine. Don't laugh when I'm not trying to be oh funny. Oh, God. If you're trying to be funny, great. If you're not, don't. please don't laugh. No. Adonis gets up and stumbles out the ring, so I'm getting now Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan vibes. Okay. But there's one cell that he does coming up, and I genuinely think it's really, really good. Right. So he gets out the ring, he stumbles around, he rips the WrestleMania 2 apron off, and then as he comes back in, he gets a big right, and it sends him through the ropes in the corner, and he kind of lands and like wobbles on his head on the apron, and then falls to the floor. And Mm, I was like, that's actually... Okay. Because I'm looking at that going, you shouldn't... It's more not if I'm ignoring the fact it's supposed to be a wrestling match that I'm supposed to take seriously, and I'm just looking at what this guy's doing. I'm like... It's impressive what yeah. you're actually doing. And he turned chicken shit into, not chicken salad, but it was definitely one grade up. Okay. Have, have you never heard that phrase No, before? I haven't. That's brilliant. It was a Dusty Rhodes one. Okay. So when Dusty, well, I'm sure it's come from somewhere else, but I heard it was Dusty Rhodes' tale. So when he was in NXT, he was um, obviously mentoring a lot of people for the promo because Dusty Rhodes is a very distinctive promo style. Yeah. And... Uh, Soraya, so Paige, oh, yeah, yeah. was um, doing a promo and he said, right, I need you to talk about this. Go. And then she'd start talking. And then he just, after she was done, I've heard her tell the story, she went up to him and went, was that good? He said, 
He was just looking down the, put his glasses down his nose, looked at her, he said, he said, baby, I asked for the chicken salad, you gave me chicken shit. Like that. And she was screaming, swearing, she was like a petulant, late, well, not late teens, early 20s something, stormed off, cried about it, and then eventually she was like, but he was right, it wasn't good. And it was that kind of being honest with me that kind of got me to improve and become better at my craft. And yeah, that story's always stuck with me. Right, okay. So that's where I've I nabbed that from. Fair. Okay, so after Adonis has gone out of the ring, um, Elmer starts ripping the blouse off Adonis before slinging him over the ropes and back... And, oh no, sorry, slinging him over the ropes. So Adonis came back onto the apron. Yep. Elmer starts ripping yes. the bl- maternity blouse off, <laughs> grabs the ropes and uses that to catapult yeah, yeah. him over the top into the ring, which is absolute bollocks. Yep. Absolute bollocks. But again... Adonis Fine. sold it well. Um, and then a ridiculous tit bump mm-hmm. between the two individuals. Um, sit by the pharmacies, Adrian tied up in the ropes. Oh. And big rights follow. Adonis finally starts firing back and removes his blouse. And then Elvira said, oh, I wish she kept it on. Yep. We all do. She made me laugh. We all do. Elmer with an avalanche in the corner. He then misses a leg drop as Elvira says she has never seen so much cellulite in one place at one time. Yes. And at guy, this point, I actually really started enjoying her on commentary because I was like, she I was feel like she's my spirit animal, I'll she be was, honest. She was the best of the three women, I yes, think, on the night. Yes, for sure. And um, I think it was Jessie, as much as I'd like to do an Al Hayes impression really? for you, I think it was Jessie then said to her, um, oh, what, on uh, both of these guys? And she went, no, just on Adonis, <laughs> yeah. which was good. Adonis goes up top and connects with the splash and the pinfall follows. Mm-hmm. Adrian puts a rose on Elmer and kicks him for good measure. And thankfully, mercifully, this one is done. Thank God. This to me was like a Benny Hill sketch just acted out into a yeah. wrestling match. Yeah. Just I get on board with it. Again, it was fairly short. I think had it not been for Adonis's selling, I yeah. don't know how aggressive I would have been in my notes yeah. on this, but because of his selling, I at least could take yeah, something yeah. out of the match that spoke all we can to me. do. And basically, yeah, can only play the notes in front of us. Exactly. Now, oh, that's my guy. It's your guy, <laughs> Lord Al interviews Hulk Hogan. So Alfred Hayes is saying, "There's a lot of worry about your ribs after the dreadful attack that King Kong Bundy committed on you. How do you feel going to this match, and are, are you injured?" And Hogan starts the promo calling Lord Awful Alfred. Yeah. And Al smirks a little bit, mm-hmm. but retains then, his proper Englishness throughout. Yeah, yeah. he's more, he seems more relaxed this time. He is. I'll be honest. I told you he was fine. I preferred the, I preferred his nervous disposition. Of you did. Because it's brilliant, but I just he just makes me happy. And he says before talking about no matter how injured he is, he would still defend the WWF title. He calls a trip in the ambulance a long, slow coffin ride. Why? Oh, God. Well, not not the only time he does it as oh. well. Um, and then Al goes, well, good luck. Yeah. And that's like, it. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, bye. Good luck. <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Imagine I his cum him. noise. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Probably oh. followed by an oh, apology. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. <laughs> right. Now we go to the co-main event of the evening. Oh, yeah. The Funk Brothers with Jimmy Hart taking on Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog. I should have also said Jimmy Hart was with Adrian Adonis, but the match was what it was. Oh, and yeah, I didn't yeah. Write it no. Down. 
What do you think of the Funk Brothers? I wish they'd enunciate their name. Because the announcers really confused me. Oh. I think I was getting a drink at this point. And so I, like, and I heard it and I was like, eh? And you I thought they called like, them the fuckers? Yeah. And I was like, surely not. And I was like, I know I mishear things. I was like, surely not. And they said it again. And I was like, what? And then the names came on the screen. I was like, ah, thank you. Yeah. Funk. The fuck, brothers. I did wonder. I, was like, <laughs> I did wonder. I thought, no, this is definitely a me issue here. Yeah. But I couldn't work out what it was, and then I was like, oh. Introducing okay. the fuck boys. So, hey, it's a collective of all my ex boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a battle royal. Um, There's enough of them. Uh, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I only know one of them Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know so, the other guy. So his brother, mm. Hoss Funk, in this, Hoss obviously isn't his real name, they, I don't know why they decided to give it, yeah. but that's Dory Funk Jr. Yes. So Dory Funk Jr. Um, and Terry Funk are still, to this day, the only brothers that have won the NWA World Heavyweight title. Okay. Both of them have done that, which is a good achievement. Um, Dory Funk Jr. is the elder of the two and has, bears a striking resemblance to their dad, Dory Funk Sr., who right. was a wrestling promoter in Texas. So they were big um, in the scene, certainly in the southern states. NWA, they were massive in. Uh, so WWF, they weren't nearly on the level that they were seen right. as okay. outside of the WWF environment. But I must admit, if the other tag team match was match one of the night, yeah, this was pretty good. Yeah, This was pretty good. And there's a couple real highlights in there for me from uh, a man that we probably won't see too many of his matches, that being Hoss Funk. Okay. I thought he had a couple really nice bits. So... We see referee Dave Hebner returns a shove to Terry Funk, and Terry Funk backs away from him. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I like that. Dave Hebner, like, healing up, hulking mm-hmm. up on him. The Funker goes to the outside and throws a chair aimlessly into the ring, a classic Terry Funk spot. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I mentioned yeah. this before, didn't I? Now you're starting to now see. Now it makes sense, yeah. yeah. Hoss Funk starts with JYD, and Hoss backs his man into the corner for a couple of European uppercuts. And I mention it later, but his European uppercuts... They look good. The ones later on look better, and I'll tell you why, but okay. he looks like he's throwing them with real yes. force. I like it. A brilliant spot as Terry runs across the apron and lunges for the junkyard dog who's in the corner. Yeah. Junkyard moves out. Terry teeter-totters over the top rope, and as they've kind of walked away from it, JYD slingshots uh, uh-huh. Irish whips Hoss right into his brother. Looked no. comical, but actually yeah. is very, very good. Very, very good. Big body slams for the Funks, and the brothers have to take a breather. Of course. Terry and Tito are both tagged in, and Funk unloads with chops and an elbow on the ropes. Tito confuses Terry on a drop-down, and Funk ends up in a mess in the ropes before being clotheslined, which I quite like, because Funk is supposed to be... He's depicted as kind of like a bit of a wild, loose cannon, really. So when this kind of stuff happens to him... For most people, it looks comical, but because it's him, it somehow works with his character, and you don't end up laughing at it. It just yeah, it, it lands. Works. It just works, yeah. Which is it's a hell of a, a compliment to the guy because nine out of ten people that try that, you're going to get laughed at. Mm-hmm. Like even like anyone, the Rock, Stone Cold, none of them could do that, and it'd be not laughed yeah. at. Drop kick to Hoss sends him rolling to the floor as well. Terry and JYD now the legal men, and they unintentionally take the piss out of the Piper T boxing match by squaring up with uh, oh, yeah. putting their mitts up. Eight times Terry head bounces oh. off the turnbuckles before he collapses on his ass. I like the collapsing on the ass. Yes, that I did enjoy. Another seven follow. Yeah. 
JYD tosses Terry over the top and to the floor. Hoss and Tito back in now. I really, really, really enjoy Hoss's uppercuts when he falls to one knee as he hits them. Yeah. So it looks like he's driving his full body weight behind him and it just adds a nice visual touch to what is already, what should be a very painful looking move. It's so simple, but it should hurt. Flying forearm by Tito and he might have got the three if Terry didn't somehow accidentally break up, well he didn't intent, un- accidentally break up the pin, but he managed to somehow pull Tito's crotch over his own face. <laughs> And I was like, what the, what's this? You can't, that can't have been the desired destination for you there, Terry. Hoss and Tito do the Mania crisscross, which um, I don't know, but it seems to, was this also in the Tito match last? Yeah, the opening one with the Executioner. I think it was him. One? Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, with the crisscross. Yeah. But like, even in the commentary, we're like, oh yeah, the crisscross. And I'm like, yeah, for what? Mm. To make me tired? That's just stupid. Like if that's me and I'm doing that, I'm like, I'm not hitting you. I'm just running around. Like, why? Or just stand by the ropes and let the other person keep running. Yeah, I, I 100% would just stand there and watch. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I've seen that <laughs> in matches happen where people have done that. Yeah, it's crazy. So Terry drives his knee into the back of Santana when he mm-hmm. goes near the rope, so that stops him in his tracks. The Funks stomp away at Tito, uh, and even Jimmy Hart gets a cheeky little kick into the ribs on the floor yeah. before he's chased off by the JYD. Terry suplexes Santana when he eventually returns to the ring. Yes. Terry and the ref start shoving each other again. Yes. Disqualification. Just, yeah, ding, ding, ding. No. Nope. Also, I liked, um, I can never remember her name, the lady on commentary. Elvira. I love that she references these trunks because I was watching it. I'm like, this is how I thought. Fuck, why her reincarnated her? Because she's saying all these things that I'm thinking. Because I was like, oh no, these trunks aren't like modern day ones. Obviously, I know. Bit looser. Trunks have changed. Yeah, they're a bit looser. And I was like, oh, God, we're going to end up seeing a ball pop out at some point here. And then she just mentions it. And I was like, oh, my God. And they said, then it'll be a real show. Yeah, exactly. She was well excited. She was. Although I don't know if you'd want to see Terry Funk I, or Hoss Lunch I'll be honest, balls. I don't think I'd want to see any of them in a match. Like, no. balls aren't exactly They're not an aesthetic pretty, pleasing. Yeah. No. Speak for yourself. I don't. No, they're not. They're just hairy eggs, really, aren't they? Um... The Funks uh, stomp away, yep, so Terry suplexes Santana when they get to the ring. After the shoving match, a failed second attempt at the suplex sees Terry hit one instead. <laughs> yeah, so you got to the note that I did, I forgot I wrote this. I put Elvira cheers as she confirmed she came to see some dick. Yeah, absolutely. Terry and Tito collide heads. Off the tag, Hoss hits a double arm suplex on Santana, mm-hmm. very nice. Yes. Double clothesline by the Funks follows. Very close three count off a Terry leg drop. Second attempt is wider than Mark, however. Santana manages to scramble. That was quite good. Like He was on all fours trying to work out yes. how to get to a tag. Quite like the fact he outmaneuvered yeah. uh, the funk to make it. And then JYD just comes in. He's, on a ho- he's a house on fire. The crowd are so behind him as well. They love the JYD. So behind him. Had a natural charisma about him. We didn't yeah. see an interview of him no. in this one, but he is a charismatic guy. Terry goes to choke JYD with rope, but he um, headbutts free and dumps Terry to the floor. On the floor, and JYD body slams Terry on top of a timekeeper's table, and it's getting really messy for a WWF match. This is broken down. JYD smacks the piss out of Jimmy Hart after pulling him onto the apron. At least he knows how to fall to the floor this time, not like he did at Mania 1. Figure four on Hoss by Tito, but the ref breaks it up as neither man illegal. Mm -hmm. And as he's shepherding Santana away, Hart tosses the megaphone to Terry who cracks it off the side of the JYD's skull. 
Terry crawls for the cover, and this one is over. Yeah. Bullshit cries from the crowd again. Absolutely. But, I mean, actually, as a match, yeah, I did enjoy that. And I don't didn't like the ending, but then that's not the point, is it? It's not the point isn't always for the good guys or whatever to win. It's It's... Just what's going to get a reaction, and that got a reaction. I actually didn't mind the ending at all. Yeah, I didn't had. I, I didn't comment on it because it, I didn't realise what it was at first. But when the hot, uh, the hosses, the funks came to the ring, did you think it was right to censor for a second? Because the uh, because I knew. It was, see, I'm sad. I have a megaphone in the car, and I know that that noise is that what that makes. You should probably elaborate why you have a megaphone <laughs> in your car. <laughs> Sorry, when I was doing my dance teaching, and we would do tap. It was like 40 kids all doing tap dancing. I've got a fairly loud voice, but not that loud, so I bought a microphone. And uh, it was the only way that they could actually hear me. But I still have it in the car. Did a job? Yeah, it did. But I can't imagine how being hit over the head with it would knock you out. But that's not the point, is it? Because it's plastic. But that's not the point. It's always the shot you don't see coming that does the job. Exactly. (laughs) That's what they all say. Do they? (laughs) Saying this, never mind. Right, the cages. I've got uh, many questions. So the cage is now being built. <laughs> Thank God. We see the, the infamous blue cage being built as yeah. we are shown the events that led to this match. So, yeah. the blue cage. So different. What do you think of it? So weird to me to see people building a cage rather than it being lowered from the rafters. But what do you think of the actual structure itself? Because it's very different from what we see these days. It's nice and easy to climb out of. It's like a little ladder. So this, Even though I think me, I could climb out of there. <laughs> is the Hasbro era wrestling yes. cage. Yeah. So the toys that you used to play with, the ring that went with it, you yeah. could get a blue cage that was attachable okay. like that. And this was the first time, WrestleMania 2, that this blue cage had been built and used for a right. wrestling match. Because okay. all the cage matches before that were the, I think Jesse refers to it as cyclone fence. Right. It's basically like the... Like normal fencing, link, like the yeah. wire fencing. Wire fencing, thing. the link stuff okay. like that. And it's was around for quite a few years stayed with the company for about a decade before they started going into more traditional type fences and cages that we see these days so this was the inception of that and the reason it was built was because allegedly king kong bundy if he hit it would go flying through it right i was going to say the people that you've got in this main event it needs to be pretty substantial as well, like. Well, especially when you think they're escaping, and they've got to go over the top, like. I wouldn't have backed Hulk to get no, out of a cage no. like that without going through the door, which we see as always yeah, an option. Yeah. Which kind of, I don't agree with that. The door thing yeah. is dumb because yeah. if there's a door, why why have you got the cage? Why would you bother trying to get nah. Exactly right. Exactly right. So Jesse asks Elvira if the cage looks anything like her house. Yes, I freaking love this. And she said, "Well, maybe one of the rooms." <laughs> and he goes, "Is that the one with all the bats?" So and he, she goes, uh, yeah, something like that, Jess. Uh, we're then shown Morocco holding Hulk in place as Bundy hits multiple avalanches and splashes. So mm-hmm. this is how we led to this match. Hogan with his taped ribs is now lifting weights in his own personal gym. Oh yeah, his own personal gym though. With hillbilly gym. Like, but it, oh, his know. own personal hillbilly gym. So weird. Um. So yep. Hogan again calls the ambulance a slow coffin ride. Yeah. Uh, as the doctor looks at his back and in a rarity which I thought was quite nice Hogan actually shows that he's clearly in pain Yeah, he shows that he can't do that well let me tell you something he goes and goes oh, oh yeah yeah, that hurts which is, is good so it shows he's not infallible yes mm. it's a good word but Hogan is being stubborn he's like I'm <laughs> just a bloke I'm going to fight because I'm a bloke and bloke 
looks fine, even if we're hurt. Yeah. That's just what I'm going to do. Great. Good example to set. Uh, we now go to Jess interviewing Bobby Heenan and King Kong Bundy. Both Heenan and Bundy are actually very good here. Mm. You're shaking your head like you're about to... I just, I just was ready. Okay. Heenan says he'll be packing gold after tonight. Jesse says he's concerned about Bundy's beautiful face mm. being in a steel cage match. Okay. And Bundy says history shows that whenever Bundy goes up against Hogan, Bundy wins. And nothing, his, his uh, concerns are unfounded. Mm. And they're going to uh, cut the town, paint it red, cut Ooh. loose all cut the classics. Um, so I, I did a little bit of research there. How oh, okay. old was King Kong Bundy? Ooh. I mean, I want to say oldish, but I feel like because you researched, he's going to not be that old. Um, 45. 29. Fuck off. Fuck off. Wow. He was 29. I thought he was being nice with 45. No, he's 29. Wow. Yeah. Shit, me. Yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Can't help but feel super sexy having read that. (laughs) Honestly. I, I, wow. It's rare for me to give myself a compliment, but if that's if that's him, twenty nine, I'm a fucking good thirty four. That's crazy. So Tommy Lasorda is the guest ring announcer, much like how Billy Martin was at the first Mania. So Billy Martin had the tie to the New York baseball team. Yeah. Billy Lasorda has it. For, it's not Billy Lasorda, sorry. Tommy Lasorda has the same for California and baseball. Uh-huh. Jesse points out that this cage is specifically built um, because they wouldn't be able to basically take the, the weight yep. and power of the two individuals involved, but specifically Bundy. Fair. Now, Holly, it's time for the main event of the evening. Oh, yay! Hulk Ooh. Hogan against King Kong Bundy in a steel cage for the WWF title. I was literally like Bon Jovi at this point. I was living halfway there. Was, All right. Yeah, <laughs> halfway there, living on a prayer, drinking my hand, phoning the other, chomping at the bit for this to be fucking over. You were ready. I was done. Right, so the first time the WWF, WWF ever used the blue steel barred cage, mm-hmm. um, I thought for not only um, a visual of it just looking different and it being easier to climb, yeah. probably easier to view as well. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hate the the colour of it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was alright. Not even just the colour, but, but the gaps are big it was enough. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, I nearly forgot to mention uh, the guest timekeeper, oh. Ricky Schroeder, massively booed. Who is it? This poor child, though. He was. I was so tempted to do some Google, but I didn't care. Yeah, I nearly did the same and then I just stopped myself. Because he looked familiar, but, but I can't... he just looked so young, and then they actively booed him, and I was mm-hmm. like, he's a child. And then, yeah. So we then get Robert Conrad as the guest referee, and at least he gets a warm reception. He gets noise, was I put. Yep. Just noise. King Kong makes his way to the ring like a walking condominium to a shower of booze. Yes, heavy booze. Hulk Hogan and this, Real American. <laughs> I'm happy. This this cracked a smile and a little like head like bop along to the music. Whether it was actually there or not, I don't know because I know yeah. you've told me about the the later inputs of music. Yeah. But I was happy. Blows the roof off the arena. Hogan shakes the cage and climbs, and they said a cool camera shot as Hulk rips his yes. top off at the top of the cage, points down at Bundy. I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and I thought actually, yeah, good way to get in the ring. Yep different mm-hmm. nice and i respected him to be able to balance at the top while doing that yeah very much so yeah i agree uh, so like you said he then climbs down into the ring this is what the world has co- sorry this is what the world has come to Al hayes lets him. us know i just love him and uh for the first time in the whole show i feel this feels important yes 
for the first time, not yeah. in any other point did I feel like it felt big or in any way monumental. Yeah. Big exchange of right hands yeah. uh, to kick things off and Hogan gets the better of it. Some chops follow, uh, not pork, so King Kong Bundy was left very upset by oh, this. Of course. A big boot by Hulk staggers Bundy, but he will not fall. No. Hulk chokes him with his own singlet, which I actually quite oh, yeah. liked. Yeah. That was good. That was funny. Bundy prevents himself from going face first into the steel, blocking it with his hands. Mm -hmm. uh, clothesline in the corner, though, by Hogan. So Hogan's all over him at the moment. Yeah. Running axe bomber. So it's an axe handle yes. that Hogan ran across and hit uh, Bundy with. And the reason I called it an axe bomber is because that was Hulk's finishing move in Japan. Oh. The big boot and leg drop didn't work as a finish over there. No. So he came up with this, and it's called the axe nice. bomber. Or as they were saying in Japan, axe bomber. Okay. Like I say, language, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But um, so if you ever hear me say Axe Bomba, that's, that's what I'm what referring is. to. There was also a lovely uh, commentary note from 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 me back in the day. I think I genuinely Elvira, think yeah. I genuinely think okay. she was me reincarnated, and she goes, uh, "I haven't seen this much exposed flesh since I was in Las Vegas." Yes, and I was like, "That again? It's my guy and my girl on commentary. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it was good. Here for it. I thought you might like. I thought." To be fair, like I said, the women grew into the show, but yes. she was she was she definitely was the best. She was the most relaxed straight away, which yes. you could tell. Um, so, yeah, the running axe bomber by Hogan only staggers Bundy, and the egg once more prevents colliding with the steel. Yeah. King Kong omelette now gets control as he beats away in the midsection of the Hulkster. Big body slam on Hogan drives the wind out of the champion. Bundy goes to the door, but Hogan dives on his legs, stopping him going out. Hogan then gets driven back first into the cage, but yeah. still stops an excellent door escape by Bundy. How many egg puns are you going to try and get in you here? You tell me. <laughs> Bundy chokes Hogan with his ri um, ripped-off support bandage. I thought that was clever. Yeah, I did. And ties his neck to the ropes, which I actually thought was very, very clever. Yes. Because that is a good way of doing it. Because yeah, Also, why wouldn't you? Then Heenan tries to help the breakfast McMuffin out the door, but Hogan prevents it. Oh, right. I've got a note, and I don't think it's now, though. But I assume the blading is coming soon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next line, in fact. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Running elbow by Hulk in the corner, and Bundy finally collides with the steel. And I said, this is the most obvious blade I've ever seen in the history of blading. Right, okay. Because he falls face first. Yeah. Immediately he's putting his hands to his forehead, and Heenan is trying to cover the camera, so the camera can't see Bundy oh, slicing his forehead lying on the canvas. That was. That's because he was cutting his head, and then oh. Heenan took the blade off him. I do hope at some point I'll get better at spotting these, because I just think it's people being annoying. And then, oh, they're bleeding. But It's usually you can see when their hands go to the head, it's quite obvious. Right, okay. And that was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. The camera really should have gone to anywhere yeah. else. And Different Heenan view. had obviously spotted the camera and was using his... So people, the audience, couldn't see and the people through the camera couldn't see as well. I see. Fair. Hogan rains down right hands as he scrambles the brain of Bundy into the steel twice more. Nice. There's um, I think there's also a camera angle change here, which I actually really enjoyed. The vertical from above. high. Yeah. Quite like that. A bit different. I yeah. don't want to watch, obviously, the whole thing like that. No, I agree. a nice little, little mix-up. It kind of gives... An imposing, yeah, an imposing yeah. atmosphere as well. Hulk then climbs the cage and stands on Bundy's neck, which is draped oh, over yeah. the top rope. <laughs> Hogan then fails on a body slam. His ribs just can't take yeah. it. King Kong collapses on him. Um, I was about to say nearly gets a three, but there's no count, so that's a lie. Hulk then chokes Bundy with a rib bandage as Jesse besmirches the fine character of Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah, so no. I expect anything more from an Englishman. 
angry. Eat my dick. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. He annoyed me. Yeah, yeah, you heard me. Jesus. Yeah, fucking Jesse, and then Avalanche yeah. in the corner. Do you think the Avalanche works for King Kong Bundy in general? Yeah, he's a big lad. Exactly. He's not not just got to hit a super hurricane roller anytime <laughs> soon, is he? I mean, I'd be impressed. But oh, so would not I. now. Well, no, he's dead. Uh, so, <laughs> yep. After that, we got the big splash. Follows as Hulk um, mm-hmm. convulses on the floor. The oh, the standard. Oh. Yep. But again, I quite like the Hulk convulsing because whenever he does him. it, the crowd are yeah. like concerned. Hogan crawls and stops Bundy from escaping once more. Yeah. Uh, but then, even though the first one nearly killed him, uh, Bundy hits a second avalanche and Hogan... Oof, oh, yeah. No selling that. Absolutely not. Not selling that at all. So, power slam by Hulk, which... Because they say oh, it was a body slam. It was a power slam. Mm-hmm. But it was actually very nice. Yeah. I like that power yeah. slam. Very good, and uh, the big leg drop follows, but obviously no pin, so that doesn't mean anything. Right. Hogan then climbs, but Bundy catches him, yes. so Hulk boots him off and continues to climb as Heenan furiously tries to stop him, yeah. doing everything he can. Yeah. That's why I still think he's one of the best managers, if not yeah, the best of okay. all time. Um, uh, he can't do anything to stop him, and no. Hogan escapes as uh, King Kong Bundy tries to throw himself out the door, but yes. to no avail. Heenan then tries to escape. From Hogan goes yep. into the cage, shuts the door, tries to hold it shut. Yeah. Hogan then outmuscles Bobby the Brain Heenan with one arm. Yep. Well, again, it's kind of I'm okay with that. Oh it's yeah, fine. Because he even he, I'm sure he even holds up one like one finger and it's like one, boom. Yep. I was like, yeah, because you would assume that that would be. Possible. Yeah, oh, for sure, Absolutely. for sure. Uh, so Hogan in the cage hits him with a big right hand, then sends him flying into the cage. Yep. Which Heenan takes brilliantly, really, really well. Yep. And then a big atomic drop, drops him on his caboose and sends him diving out the door, which again, yeah. I liked. Nice. Hogan poses, yeah. and the show comes to a close. Thank the Lord. So, firstly, oh. what did you think of this match? This match in particular, didn't mind it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been my number two match, I think, of the card. Over the tag team one that just came before it? Yes. Okay. I'd have the Bulldogs tag team match as number one I agree this is number two and then the Funks is num- match number three they're, they're my three if I had to put a fourth in there I'd probably put Jake Roberts okay uh, minus the snake okay. stuff that happened <laughs> yeah. but the match part was pretty yeah. good in comparison yeah. um, looking at the reviews again from Dave Meltzer because I went down a bit of oh, a rabbit okay. hole and it's quite you'll find it quite interesting yeah. to see how then you yeah. align with him so there were a couple matches that he gave a dud which is no stars mm-hmm. um, I I don't want to start naming what they were because I don't recall off the top no. of my head. I just remember specifically the boxing one was minus five. Yeah. Nothing on this show went above three yeah. stars, and I think that was the Bulldogs tag team match. Uh-huh. And there was a couple two-star, one-star jobs in there okay. as well. So, again, mentioned it and suggested it in the monologue. Wasn't the most critically acclaimed show that they've done, mm. but again, was a success, and yeah. then it allowed them to propel themselves onto WrestleMania 3, which was yeah. a massive landmark. Again, you know nothing of WrestleMania Nada. 3, do you? No. It's the first time... Am I in for an actual treat, though? It's. I would say, show-wise, <laughs> it's better than the two that we've seen. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much Lord Owl's in there, though. Oh, honestly, it's going to make me sad when he's I not there anymore. I will do my best to make sure I get oh. an Owl Haze in every WrestleMania. I'm going to be him. annoyed, though, at you, because you've brought him into my life, and then you're going to take him away just as quick as he's been in there. There's a lot of 
older shows where he does commentary for mm. so we can try and oh, dig out the crates <laughs> how do I, I get best of both here well I was going to say really hard, like, huh? he's been dead since like 2005 so. AI is a magical gift well you don't need AI Surely. you just have me do it yeah that's true <laughs> so if you were going to yes. grade this show yep. as between the usual scoring system that we've been applying yep. what do you give this show three that's my answer three out of ten and I'll tell you who why one point for the Bulldogs tag match. Mm-hmm. One point for my guy. And one point for my girl on commentary Alvaro. as well. Honestly, those I, are the three points. I hate to ruin it for you. She had nothing to do with wrestling. This is the only time oh, she's done that. I'm very well aware of this, yes. but actually made it enjoyable. Yeah, I think three is... I can't. I just can't no. go higher than three because there's too no. many bad things in the show to yes. merit it being any higher. Um, I think that's a fair reflection of what we saw. Absolutely. So... I'm glad that this wasn't WrestleMania 1 because you'd be really dreading going into the other. No, ovens. I am very glad it wasn't number one, but I enjoyed number one so much more than this. But you've seen from even this show, there was something that you. Oh, yeah, there's took definitely things I can pick up. And even if I just find something funny, yeah. there's things I can take from it. I didn't hate it all. It's just, it was, it's hard for me when it starts mm-hmm. as a drag because then I'm like, oh, no, come on. Whereas I think. Oh, I just have to be open-minded. Basically, but I think you've shown that you can do that, though, because I thought you were just going to, because it was old, you were going to shit on everything, regardless. So, and you haven't done that. No, not yet. You're changing. (laughs) I am changing. Evolving. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Okay, so again, I think we're at that usual point of the show where we touch upon the socials. I haven't said touch upon for a while. It's nice to bring that back into the lexicon. Isn't it just? Um, Again, we're doing seems to be doing really well on the socials. I think we've now got a strategy in place to make Instagram a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, exciting for people who might be interested. Although I did find it amusing that we actually uploaded a reel and then we lost a follower oh. on there after that. They came, someone came back, so they yeah. were replaced in short order. They're, but they were replaceable. Did make me laugh. And now I can see the insights of how Instagram's doing. Yes, it's, it's welcome to love Instagram. A I love it. I get lost in the, uh, the studio on Yeah, YouTube. you're a numbers guy, aren't you? And I'm, I'm just face value. Yeah. I can't get too involved in it because I, I, I take it personally. Yeah, it's, it's mad. It's quite sad, really, but it does. It's it tickles the geeky spot of my brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been real good fun. So, what are the socials and how can people get in contact with us? So Gmail is windtwicepod at gmail dot com. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok are all windtwicepod. And actually, I had a really nice message on Instagram yesterday. Um, from a lady. Did you? Yeah, it was really nice. I'll show you when we're done. But it was um, requesting that we look at some shows and the build-ups of some stuff that happened. But it was very nice. And it was nice to come from a fellow female. That's very vague, yeah, it was, that. I it didn't was even, really nice. That's the first time learning of that. I uh, didn't know. That's because you were out getting pissed yesterday. What? Whereas I was not. Hey, I was with my fellow gentleman. <laughs> getting pissed. No. No. We, had, we went to be at one. Yes. We had six different cocktails. We yes. moved on. We had beer. We yes. moved on. We had beer. We moved on. We had beer. What's yeah. the point? What I do? I have a hangover. No, and I'm impressed. Thank Very you. Impressed. <laughs> You're impressed. I'm impressed. Like oh, not um, to be impressed. But yeah, so actually that message was very good and it was very thorough. Um, so that's one that we can. So is there a to. recommendation for there a is, show? Yeah. Okay, then yeah. yeah, we'll do we'll do that then. Yeah. I've got no issue. And yeah, that's great to get some interaction out of you guys because, like I said, it's don't get me wrong, primary. Oh, primarily us, doing yeah. this because yeah it's nice we get to spend some time together and do this which is just fun for us but it is nice seeing like the positive feedback so we want to 
if there's going to be a community that comes out of this we want it to be a nice community where everyone feels welcome and able to speak their mind without being persecuted on stuff so the fact we're getting the odd message here and there yeah. i think we also got another message from uh, another wrestling yes, podcast that's did. fairly that new, was really nice yeah was, um, nice positive comments so best of luck to those guys as well um yeah hopefully this will be like a nice uh the, yeah. This will be the start, and all of you guys uh, have jumped on early doors for the long run. Um, nothing really else from no. me to say. We're, We're back, back to, to my show next time, aren't we? Yeah, so Holly's picked a show that we'll be doing for the yes. next one before we return to the March of the Manias. Uh, until then, guys, hope you enjoyed this one. Have a lovely time with whatever you're doing, and make sure you tune in for the next. See you later. Toodles. <laughs>